participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, September 27th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Hope you're doing well on this beautiful Monday afternoon here in New York City. And you know, my friends, uh, this is the first time in the new era, the new chapter, that I get to do a show coming off a pay-per-view, a UFC pay-per-view. Remember, the last time there was a UFC pay-per-view was August 6th. Our first show was August 15th. So it has been three-plus years since we had a post-pay-per-view Monday here on the MMA Hour. And I got to tell you, it's a little different. There's a little more buzz in the air. Everyone's got a bit of a pep in their step. I, at least, you know, I'll speak for myself, I have a pep in my step because it's just a little bit different coming off a of pay-per-view and what a pay-per-view we had 
on Saturday night in Las Vegas. So many emotions. Since we said goodbye on Wednesday afternoon, I feel like a ton of things have happened, and that's why we love this sport. It never sleeps. It never takes a week off, a weekend off. A ton has happened. A ton to discuss. A ton to share. A ton to talk about. And we've got a fantastic show for all of you. Back into the show, we will talk to GC, newest member of the team, Georgia Connor, to get the update on how his picks went. Remember, at the end of Wednesday's show, we did a little betting action, a little parlay action, and uh, word on the street, I haven't really, you know, dug in, but word on the street is the Rook did pretty well. And so back in the show, and, and how about the YouTube comments, you know, typically a cesspool of humanity, how about the comments in support in praise of the newest member of the squad. Usually MMA fans, they're a prickly bunch. They don't like newbies. But I saw a lot of love for GC. That was nice. That warmed my heart. Thank you to all of you. And I'm sure he appreciates it as well. So uh, back into the show, we shall check in with him, get his take. And then on Wednesday, we'll get the new picks for this weekend's card. There's Bellator on Friday. There's UFC on Saturday. He could do whatever he wants. He could throw out, you know, a kickboxing pick if he wants. But that's... That's the slate. Uh, at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to talk to the reigning defending UFC featherweight champion Alex Volkanovsky, still in Las Vegas. More on him, of course, in a second. At 3 o'clock, we'll talk to one of the greatest of all time, Anderson the Spider Silva. I've been wanting to talk to him, of course, since his win over Tito Ortiz. Where does he go from here? Is he fighting Jake Paul? You know, this, this, this comeback, if you will, this renaissance that he's enjoying in 2021 uh, with the boxing. So we'll talk to him at... 3, 2.30, we'll talk to uh, Cesar Gracie, head coach for Nick Diaz. More on him in a second, so stay tuned for that. Uh, 2 o'clock, we'll talk to Dan Hooker, uh, still in Las Vegas. More on him in a second. Stay tuned for that. And at 1.30, we'll talk to Marab Dewalishvili, who had that fantastic comeback win over Marlon Marais on Saturday. More on him in a second as well. Like I said, so much has happened since we said goodbye, and I think I have to start backwards, we have to start with the main event on Saturday because there was, you know, a lot of emotion all week long um, from the Hall of Fame stuff to the Nick Diaz stuff to the John Jones stuff to the Nick Diaz stuff on Saturday to the card being fun for the most part on Saturday to the ending on Saturday. So I felt like we were up and down for the last few days. And as you guys know, I love sports. I love sports. I love the NBA. I'm psyched that today is uh, media day in the NBA. Everyone's out with their new jerseys, new players being revealed. You know, a ton of uh, hope and optimism. I love the NBA. I love Major League Baseball. My, my Blue Jays are uh, on a bit of a run. They, they hit a, a bit of a rough patch the last few days, but they're trying to make the playoffs. It's going to be a fun week. Love hockey. Love the Canadians. What a run they had to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, this past summer. Of course, love my Buffalo Bills. A huge win over the uh, Washington football team on Sunday. They are uh, well on their way after stumbling in week one. I love all my sports. You show someone the third round of Saturday night's main event. Show someone who doesn't believe in this sport. Show someone who is not a fan of this sport that third round. And there is no chance in hell that they don't become an MMA fan. If they're not an MMA fan already, you need to have that third round in your back pocket. 
in case you're ever at a party, at some kind of social function, a coffee shop, a bar, and you mention to someone that you're either an MMA fan, that you work in MMA, that you're, and, and they question you, and they say that it's a crazy sport, that it's barbaric, that it's this, that, show them that third round. I don't know, and of course, we're always you know victims of the moment, and we get all fired up, and it's the best this, the best that. I don't know if I've ever seen a round quite like that with those stakes attached on that type of stage involving two of the best in their respective weight class that left me with the feelings that I felt after watching that in awe of both men, to be honest. But of course, more so for Alex Volkanovsky. To see him dig down deep. Remember, if you're a newer fan and, and you're watching that, and you're probably watching that in awe as well, but you don't know who Brian Ortega is. Because let's be honest, over the last few years, he hasn't fought all that much. Going into this fight, you know, he had the one fight against uh, Max Holloway in 2018 and then had one other fight in between Holloway and Saturday night. It was the win over Korean Zombie. So you probably think he's a great fighter. You probably know that he's skilled on the feet. We saw what he did to Zombie. But you may not know what it is like to be on the ground with Brian Ortega, let alone when he's you know locking in a triangle choke. Remember, his nickname is T-City. That's his finishing move. There are very few guys in this sport or girls in this sport who have finishing moves. Ronda had the armbar. Ortega has the triangle. This guy's good at that. This guy's good at this. But that's his finishing move. If this was pro wrestling, he slaps that on. It's usually night-night. Go to sleep. GTS. He slapped that on after one of the tightest guillotine chokes that I have ever seen. And to see Alex Volkanovsky, this guy who, like I said, doesn't get the respect that he deserves, doesn't get the love that he deserves, doesn't get the attention that he deserves, doesn't get the push that he deserves, to see how the fans treated him last July after the fight against Max Holloway, the rematch, which again, I remind you, he didn't score it for himself. The guy just went out there and fought against one of the best 25 minutes and the judges gave it to him close, controversial, whatever, he got the hate for it. Why should he get the hate? Why should any fighter get the hate? If you go out and fight with your heart, give it your all, why do you get the hate? Send the hate towards the judges. Send them to the, to, to, to the officials. Send it to the people who put those judges around, around the cage. Not to the actual guy who went 25 minutes and fought his heart out, fought his ass off, and he got hate. And I saw people say, paper champ, fake champ, unworthy champ. Drop the belt, strip him of the belt, blah, blah, blah. And now to see that freaking guy dig down deep and say, not today. Not today, MFers. Not today. You're not taking my belt today. To see him have that, to see Ortega have that choke sunken in like that, as deep, and, and to think, like, wow, Ortega got it. Like, that's what I, I, I would say to myself, holy crap, Ortega got it. He finally is going to become a champion. And Volkanovsky said, not today. Holy smokes. One of the greatest examples of heart, of will, of determination that I have ever seen watching this sport. Not today. And some way, somehow, he got out of that. I was blown away. And then he gets caught in a triangle. And he gets out of that. Now, I think the guillotine was tighter than the triangle. But again, this is one of the greatest at applying a triangle in MMA history. And he gets out of that. And he hulks up. I mean, just... An unbelievable fight. 
That was the round of the year. And I saw some people afterwards say, how could that be fight of the year? How could that be fight of the year? What else is in discussion right now for fight of the year? I went to the great site, Tapology. You know Tapology, right? Tapology, they do a phenomenal job. And uh, they have rankings. And, and, and what they do is like they have ongoing rankings for the year. So if you scroll down to 2021 and I look at what the fights of the year are right now in 2021, at the top of the list is Holloway Cater. That was a great performance. That was an amazing win for Max Holloway. That wasn't a fight of the year. That was very one-sided. And don't be fooled by the 50 to 45 and all that nonsense. You have to watch the fight to understand just how close. That's one of the closest 50 to 45s or whatever you want to call it that I've seen in quite some time. Reyes Pochaska, great fight. Oliveira Chandler, great fight. We just saw nothing like we saw on Saturday. And again, I don't even want to debate that. Who gives a crap? Round of the year for sure. One of the greatest you know, feats of strength that I've ever seen out of a guy who is literally on the brink of being submitted, going out cold, and somehow in that moment, cut up and everything, is able to come back and win and hulk up like that. I mean, just so inspired. And I'm happy to see that Volkanovski, look, Volkanovski before that fight was talking about you know, needing a finish, understanding that there's, there's an entertainment aspect to all of this, understanding that you need to get the fans behind you, especially coming off of what happened in July of last year, didn't fight in March. You know, he needed some momentum, some buzz. This was better. And of course, you don't script this, but this was better than a finish, in my opinion. This was better than a 10-second knockout. You know, this is the type of stuff that gets a bunch of fans behind you that gets people believing in you, loving in you, attaching themselves to you, believing in your journey, getting emotionally invested, like, holy smokes. And then to see him at the Raiders game on Sunday with his crew, Eugene Behrman, Dan Hooker, his manager Ash there, and to see him being celebrated in Vegas, thousands of miles away from Australia, really just special stuff. And yeah, it's important to mention Australia because historically, you know, a guy like that isn't getting over here in America. And to think of all the stuff that he and his teammates, not to mention the guys in New Zealand, and we talked to, to Hooker about that last week, like these guys aren't living like we are right now, for better or worse. I don't know what's right, but they have to deal with a lot of restrictions to be at their very best in a career where your window is this small to make the most amount of money, to get the most amount of, of attention and fights and all that stuff, they are having to overcome and deal with obstacles that athletes around the world haven't had to deal with. Top-level athletes I'm talking about, the most gifted out there, they haven't had to deal with in decades, centuries. You know, like it's never been like this. We've never lived through something like this before. Um, and of course, there are people who are out there dealing with with all kinds of hardships. And there's, you know, I mean, like, I don't have to get into the pandemic. We all know what we've been through. But imagine trying to get to the best shape possible, the best condition possible to fight another human being where you have a belt, where you know that if you lose that belt, you're going down the ladder and you're probably not popular enough to get an immediate rematch, all that stuff. And to be in that kind of condition, to get out of a choke like that, multiple times in a third round, I was just blown away, man. I was just blown away. If you haven't, if you are one of those people who has not watched that fight on Saturday, and especially that third round, if you want to go straight to the third, by all means, do yourself a favor, watch the 25 minutes, and tell me afterwards that's not one of the greatest feats of athleticism, um, displays of heart, of will, of determination, of grit that you have ever seen in any kind of sporting event. I don't care if it's football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer. I don't care what it is. 
blown away by that. And my respect for Brian Ortega, I mean, I feel for the guy. He's taken a ton of damage in two title fights now, two of his last three fights. He has absorbed a lot of damage, and you have to wonder about what kind of repercussions there will be attached to that. Um, he fought a great fight, but unfortunately, Volkanovski is a different breed. Volkanovski has now won 20 fights in a row in his career, 20 in a row, undefeated at featherweight, has now defeated the likes of Jose Aldo and Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. This guy is legit, and it's time we start talking about him as one of the very best, pound for pound, whatever. Now, I hope he doesn't move up to 155. He talked a little bit about that at the post-fight press conference. I don't understand for the life of me why on Friday, Saturday, they booked Holloway versus Yair. Good fight, but makes no sense. It's happening in November. Who would bat an eye if you just would have waited to see what happened and you do either Volkanovski Holloway 3 or Ortega Holloway 2? I know they were supposed to fight in July, but once that fight didn't happen, to me, the ship sailed. Just give Holloway his title fight. A lot of people thought he won last July. He's supremely talented. Why are you now doing this fight in November, two months after, a little less than two months, but you know, seven weeks after the title fight, you always want those contender fights to align with the championship fight. That's what I was talking about with Leon Edwards. And now it's two months after, so it leaves Volkanovski in a weird spot, in a very weird spot in my opinion. And uh, now he's like, oh, do I move up? I mean, there's no one really out there. Unless they, they, they give it to Giga. Is Zabit coming back? I don't know. It seemed like his coach, Mark Henry, was hinting at that on Instagram, but still a lot of questions. Um, that one was weird. But, you know, we'll have time to talk about that later. Tremendous fight, tremendous performance. Congrats to both men. I am still in awe of what Volkanovsky did, and I can't wait to talk to him about it later. We know what happened in the co-main event. Um, Valentina Shevchenko did what we all expected her to do, with all due respect to Lauren Murphy, who's a great fighter and has a great story. But like I said, the gap between Valentina Shevchenko and the rest of the division is uh, is bigger than any gap right now in the UFC. And dare I say, it's bigger than uh, than any gap between a champion and 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 the contenders that we've ever seen, including when Demetrius Johnson was the champion at 125 pounds. It, it's it's just that big. Um, She's on a different level. So she wins fourth round. She looks great. And now you wonder, you know, and then Cynthia Calvilla lost. So you wonder, you know, who's going to fight her next? Is it going to be the winner of Alexa Grasso versus Joanne Calderwood? Do they wait and see what happens on December 11th um, between Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena? And then just if if Nunes wins, you do the big fight, the trilogy fight in, uh, in 2022. We shall see a lot more questions there to be answered in the coming months. But then what about Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler? What can we say about that? Um, obviously, I said a lot last week, not feeling like Nick wanted to fight, not feeling like uh, he was 100% in, feeling conflicted. And I know we get that from Nick, you know, from time to time. We've, we've gotten that for the past decade or so from him. We know how he feels about fighting. We know that he doesn't want to fight as much as he once did that he doesn't like hurting people that he's mellowed out that you know he's grown up a lot i mean there's just he's one of the most complicated characters in the sports history but he's also one of the most beloved and i would say we're very protective of nick because 
Nick Diaz reminds us why we fell in, in love with this sport. He reminds us why we still love this sport. He's, you know, he's such a unique figure in the sport's history, did it his way, unapologetic, walking to the cage, wearing jeans. Like he's just a different kind of cat, uh, a cult-like figure, him and his brother. But he was the guy way before Nathan Diaz was, was anyone in the sport. I mean, when Nathan Diaz appeared on The Ultimate Fighter Season 5, Nick Diaz was already one of the most popular fighters in the sport. Things have changed where the younger brother has become more popular than the older brother, but Nick Diaz is a legend. And so to see him conflicted, disinterested, out of shape, older, it was hard to watch. And I was worried. I was nervous about it. I was anxious. Like I wasn't psyched for it. I wasn't excited. I was trying not to be a Debbie Downer, but like to me, you know, it was great to see him back. There was nostalgia, but I kind of wanted to get that over with because I was worried. And by the way, the type of situation, the type of fight that Dana White would be sitting at a press conference blasting another promoter about if the shoe was on the other foot. You know it. I know it. We all know it. And so he comes out there and it's Nick Diaz and he throws that, you know, I don't know, spinning wheel kick. I don't know what that was at the beginning of the fight. And I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, what are we about to see here? I mean, again, Nick Diaz was one of the most fit fighters in his day. I mean, never out of shape, always in shape, out of... And there were posts of him like just a few months ago where he was ripped. I don't know if those were later grams or whatever. I don't know what happened. Um, but clearly not the case. And he just seemed a little bit off. Obviously older, rusty. But then the rust started to come off. And towards, you know, the middle portion of the round, back into the round, I was like, all right, Nick. You still got it. Like you still have the output. You still have the aggression. Obviously, it's not the same, but it wasn't as depressing as the beginning of the round. The beginning of the round was, I mean, like I, I just, it, that was hard to watch. If you've watched Nick Diaz, if you watched Diaz Gomi, if you watched, you know, Diaz Zaromskis, if you watched Diaz, like that's not the same guy. And we all get older. We all get slower. We all get bigger, but that just wasn't the same guy. And so that was hard to watch. But then towards the end, and I gave him the first round. Um, you know, he was he was he was pouring it on. He was active. He was throwing a ton. And then he, I thought he he lost a close second round. And then you see what happens in the third. And again, that's not Nick Diaz. It, it, to me, the way it looked was he broke his nose and he just said, "I'm done." Not something he would have done in his previous life, but it just. It just kind of hit him, I think. Again, he didn't go to the press conference. He had a short interview with Daniel Cormier, but it just seemed like he was done in that moment. And uh, that was a bummer, man. It was a bummer. I hope he got paid a lot. I hope he's being taken care of. I hope he's being looked out for. And this is why, you know, we talk about pensions. We talk about getting the fighters more money and more opportunities because it seems like more often than not, we're left with this. Now, this wasn't quite... Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, three, but it was tough to watch. And even afterwards, hearing him say, you know, I had that coming. Now, there's a few ways you could look at that. Was he talking about he had that coming because of how his career went? He was the bad boy. He's no longer the bad boy, that's for sure. Um, he's just a sweet guy. Like, he's just a nice guy. He doesn't want a lot of attention. I don't think he likes the hoopla of fight week and all the glitz and glamour that comes with it. Could it mean he had it coming for the beating of, uh, you know, 17 years ago where he beat Lawler? 
I, I don't know. I don't know how deep you want to go into that, but it's hard to watch someone in that state and say those things who used to be a completely different fighter in person. Um, even him saying like, I didn't want to make the, you know, the, the canvas too messy because of the blood. Like that's just not Nick Diaz and we love him. And I think the whole crowd, you know, everyone there in Las Vegas probably respects Robbie Lawler. There's no one out there who doesn't respect Robbie Lawler. Again, a cult-like figure, a legend, a former champion. And it just felt like the place was quiet. They didn't know how to react because that wasn't Nick Diaz. And I think deep down, everyone was kind of hoping that Nick would turn back the clock and represent and all this stuff. And uh, it was just hard to watch. I'm not going to sit here and say, you should retire. You should do this. You should do that. He's a grown man. He can do whatever he wants. I just hope that if he doesn't want to do this, he doesn't have to do this. Again, that's what I said leading up to the fight. Does he want to do this or does he have to do it? Well, in the end, we find out he kind of had to do it and he didn't even want to do it. Like it was almost like he was he kept he kept talking about like how did this fight get made even after the fact how did it get made I don't understand like so there were some manager issues perhaps we could get some more insight into all of that with Caesar later on in the program I'm looking forward to that conversation very much um, but just hard just hard to watch and so you have the the juxtaposition of Volkanovski doing something that's just you know unbelievable. 99.9% of the, the public taps out to that on, you know, on the planet. Most human beings do not continue, do not win that athletic competition. You have Valentina doing her thing, and then you have, you know, Nick in, in, in that scenario, and that was really tough. Uh, Curtis Blades, you know, with, a, with a, a dominant win, but not really something to write home about, unfortunately. Jessica Andrade looked great. And then what about the Marab Dewalishvili fight? I almost feel bad for Marab because he got completely overshadowed. That win was just absolutely incredible. Gets dropped by Marlon Moraes. It looks like Marlon is just seconds away from finishing him. Marab has been one of those guys who all he does is win and dominate at 135, but doesn't get the attention that he deserves either. Maybe because he's not finishing, maybe because he's not, you know, cutting mad promos. And then he just freaking, you know, beast modes on uh, Marlon. Also does a little old school Hulk Hogan and ends up finishing him in the second round. And, a win over Marlon Marais at any point in anyone's day, in anyone's career, is a big win. To win like that, huge. Absolutely huge. What a performance. What a comeback. Marab Dvalishvili is, uh, is a special fighter and now a force to be reckoned with at 135 pounds. No doubt about that in my mind. So I'm looking forward to talking to him in a few minutes as well. Overall, uh, I thought a very fun card and what a fun day of, uh, of mixed martial arts. What a fun weekend and what a fun weekend of combat sports because the beginning, I love the European boxing cards. You get Anthony Joshua and, and, and Alexander Ushik in, uh, in London. And again, one of those situations why it drives me nuts when people say boxing is dead, boxing is boring, there are no stars. An unbelievable heavyweight bout in front of a massive crowd, a lively crowd. What a production. Matchroom did a great job with that. And uh, Joshua loses two weeks before the highly anticipated trilogy fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, throwing a wrench in the potential Fury um, Joshua plans once again. And I saw some people say, this is why you have to book the fights. This is why boxing is dumb. This No, this is not. No, it's actually why boxing is great because to me, Wilder didn't let the promoters 
walk all over him. They wanted to push him out. They wanted to give him step a, step aside money. And he said, no, I'm going to exercise my rematch clause. Good for you. That's why it's in there. And that's probably what Joshua's going to do. And that's what Joshua did, you know, after his loss to, to Ruiz. Like that's, that's protection for the fighters. And so I'm all for that. Good for you. I love those European cards on a Saturday afternoon. And then we go into the pay-per-view. Dan Hooker with an unbelievable performance, considering everything he went through, 48 hours in Vegas, and there he is looking fantastic against Nasrat Hakparas. And you feel for Nasrat because he's been through a lot as well. Chris Dacus with the the big impressive win over Shamil Abdurrahimov. Talia Santos looks like a player at 125 with a win over Roxanne Modafferi. Jalen Turner had a very impressive performance against Urosh Medic. Um... Nick Maximov looks solid, a disciple of the uh, the Diaz camp against Cody Brundage, and uh, Matthew Semmelsberger just completely starched Martin Sano. Sano just got into the UFC because of Nick, and, you know, big opportunity for him, but uh, that was obviously very one-sided 15-second win, and then Jonathan Pierce uh, defeated Omar Morales. Prior to the card, we had the Hall of Fame, and, uh, what, you know, we had George St. Pierre, we had... Uh, Mark Ratner, two menches, great, great to have the Hall of Fame back. I'm a big fan of the Hall of Fame. I want to see an independent MMA Hall of Fame, but I, I, I think what the UFC does is great and it's important. And there's, there's no knock on that. I, I wish they would have a, a better spot for it than the, the, the staircase at the PI. But nevertheless, great to see everyone being celebrated. Um, like I said, St. Pierre and 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 the late great Mark Randleman. Uh, Kevin Randleman, excuse me, Mark Ratner, Kevin Randleman, uh, and John Jones, Alexander Gustafson, which I think is one of the best fights in UFC history, if not the best fight in UFC history, UFC 165, September of 2013. And literally hours later, and I remember seeing an interview with John Jones on the red carpet, and and he says, hey, uh, you know, it's so great to be out. It's so great to to put on nice clothes back in Las Vegas, all this stuff. And literally hours later, we find out that he got himself in trouble. First reported by ESPN's uh, Mark Ramundi, he was arrested at 5.45 a.m. Friday um, at a resort near Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Road. He was uh, charged with misdemeanor, battery, domestic violence, and injuring or tampering with a vehicle, which is a felony in Las Vegas. We don't know a lot more about what happened, what he did, what his future is, but another just another low light and another depressing situation. And Dana White saying afterwards that like, we can't bring him to Vegas. Fine. But let's not pretend that there haven't been other issues in other States as well. Namely New Mexico, where he lives also New York, where he used to live. Like he's had transgressions there too. So it's not just a Vegas thing. Uh, To me, that's kind of oversimplifying things. Bummer. Bummer of a situation. And uh, you hope that he's able to figure it out. But how many times have we sat here? I was literally talking to Richard Schaefer on Wednesday, his new advisor, about 260 and 275 and the biggest fight is summertime. And then he's getting his flowers at the Hall of Fame. And then literally hours later, he's back behind bars. I don't know if a lot of you, and I've, I've mentioned these names in relation to and in comparison to John Jones. But to me, it's Doc Gooden. It's it's Daryl Strawberry once again. Incredible athletes with God-given athletic abilities, superhuman, who just can't get out of their own way, who continuously mess it all up. 
reminding me a bit of a story uh, Doc Gooden in 1986, the Mets won the World Series. He didn't show up to the parade because he was high, drunk, whatever, at some apartment in New York. Not quite the same, but here's that Hall of Fame induction, and now it will be forever attached to, oh, uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, a few hours later, like how, you know, how unfortunate and how symbolic of his career as of late to where a few hours later this happens. Just a bummer. You hope that he'll be able to figure it out and, and you know, you, you, you hope that the, uh, the details aren't too gruesome, but that is serious stuff. That is nothing to scoff at. So that happened. We found out on Saturday afternoon that uh, Aljamain Sterling is apparently out of the October 30th title fight. Just had Aljo on the show out of the October 30th title fight against Piotr Jan, the rematch, to settle it, lingering neck issues. My understanding is uh, they went to Rob Font, unavailable. Looks like they'll try to do Rob Font versus Jose Aldo later this year, which is a great fight. Uh, not finalized, chill out, but that's what I'm hearing. Um, obviously, TJ Dillashaw had surgery after the Corey Sanhagen fight, so unavailable. Sugar Sean O'Malley threw his name in the hat. I don't know as of right now if they're going to go in that direction. It doesn't look like it, but crazier things have happened. And so there's Corey Sanhagen, who I think is a very worthy replacement, especially for an interim title fight. They're both coming off losses. Yes, I know Piotr Jan, you know, was DQ'd, and that's not your traditional loss. But hey, Sanhagen, in my opinion, won that fight against. TJ Dillashaw. So you have the interim title fight. If Jan wins, you hopefully run it back in 2022 with Aljo. If Sanhagen wins, you have a great story and a great rematch where Sanhagen gets to avenge the loss uh, to Aljo that occurred uh, back in June of 2020. What a great fight that is on paper. Now, not done, last I checked, but on paper... Uh, a very, very fun fight. So we'll see if they get that done. A couple other things happened uh, this morning. Found out that Tyron Woodley got the uh, the tattoo on his middle finger, the I Love Jake Paul tattoo. It might be a little too late, unfortunately, for the chosen one. Uh, but we shall see. It looks like Jake's going to return in December, but I haven't been hearing a lot of uh, talk surrounding that fight. Uh, it sounds like we're not going to get the Islam Makhachev versus Rafael Dos Anjos fight. Uh, according to uh, multiple reports, I think MMA Junkie reported it first. MMA Fighting uh, confirmed it as well. I believe it was the Brazilian beast, Guilherme Cruz. Um, it looks like a knee injury for RDA, and that's a fight that has now been booked several times. It's starting to feel like Hamza Chemaev versus Leon Edwards or uh, not quite Tony Ferguson versus uh, Habib, but a fight that we've now gotten excited about seeing it get booked and then it you know fails to come to fruition also found out that uh, misha tate unfortunately got covid so her fight against caitlin Vieira is now off and the uh the dumont home fight has been bumped up to a uh, a main event fight that's on october 16th i do believe so a lot going on in the world of MMA, of course, the big story, UFC 266. What a performance from Alexander Volkanovsky. I hope he's okay. I hope he's not too banged up to join us later today. I'm told he is going to join us. And uh, 
I mean, I just, I can't wait. I've, I've, I've now watched it twice and I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, and what a performance from Valentina Shevchenko and, uh, Just a tough watch as far as Nick Diaz is concerned. All right. In a couple of seconds, we're going to be joined by uh, Merab Dewalishvili. It sounds like we're having this time. It seems like it's not on us. It sounds like we might be having some uh, Zoom audio issues. Maybe we could get him on the screen and then talk on the phone. Is that even a possibility? Can you do that? I don't know. Wouldn't be able to do both. Is this one on us or is this one on him? Oh, you're not. Well, why are you so uh, mysterious, Mysterious Frank? I can't decide. Like, I can't figure out when you're on air. When It sounds yeah. the same. Well, now I'm on air. Okay. But when there's a technical issue, I feel like... Uh, I just you're going to hide. Yeah, but I'm on air. We just um having a hard time getting that microphone connected, so we're going to get him on the phone. And, okay. Uh, to answer your question about having him on the screen and on the phone at the same time, that's, that's not going to work out. And why is that? Just he would have to have the Zoom application open and his phone application open at the same time. Right. Oh, okay. And they'd be out of sync and stuff. So. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I see. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's connect with him because we got a packed show. Like I said, later on in the program, we're going to be joined by the uh, reigning defending featherweight champion Alex Volkanovsky. We'll be uh, talking to the legend Anderson Silva. I look forward to that very much. Always a treat when you get to talk to the spider. I look forward to talking to Caesar Gracie. It seems like he's the uh, the guest that everyone is uh, is buzzing about because we don't talk to him often. We don't get a chance to talk to him often, and uh, you know, see what's what's going on in the world of Caesar Gracie. And of course, coming off of this weekend, other than talking to Nick himself, maybe Nathan Diaz as well, uh, probably the most interesting guy to uh, to talk to. And we'll also talk to Dan Hooker, who had that amazing win over Nasrat Hakparast and Marab Dwalishvili. For those asking. Uh, what's up with uh, with Valentina Shevchenko? We shall talk to her on Wednesday. And so I look forward to talking to the women's flyweight champion on Wednesday, coming off her big win over one Lauren Murphy. She's just so incredible. And I loved what she had to say at the end of the uh, the press conference on Saturday, talking about the Octagon Girls. I suppose she didn't mention Khabib, but I, I suppose it was, um, you know, stemming from the uh the comments that habib made regarding octagon girls and and not you know needing them there and not his cup of tea whatever i feel like that's kind of been a little bit blown out of proportion but uh here's valentina shevchenko a a, a female fighter defending their honor and saying no they need to be celebrated they need to be there they have been there from the beginning what a mensch what a lovely thing that was great She's an incredible ambassador for the sport. Never slips up, never offends, never upsets, always represents, always says the right things, always acts with the most, uh, you know, grace and, 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 and class. Um, even when she's fighting fighters who, let's be honest, probably in the back of her mind, she is thinking, hey, you know, these people are, are not quite on my level. Um, you know, she's always acting like a, like a true pro. How long does it take to call uh, Marab Dwalishvili? It's been uh, four minutes. Does it take, are, are we, okay, he's going to come on Zoom now. I mean, this is just, 
Uh, audio on Zoom is working now. Thank you for the updates, Alex. Are we doing this on a rotary phone? What is going on here? I mean, I think he's back in New York. Okay, he's ready now. I'm being told he's ready. Let us go to the Zoom machine and say hello to the machine. Merab Dawalishvili, who had the big win on Saturday. There he is. Can you hear me, Merab? I can't hear you good now. Okay, great. We had some audio issues there, but I think we're all good. You can hear me all good. I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you good. Looks good. Everything good. Okay. Uh, it's a little bit uh, loud, I think, guys. I don't know if you want to make it a little bit lower. Um, oh, what do you got? Oh, you know what? It's always better with... No. Yeah, no. much better. It's always better without the AirPods. I don't know why. Um, it's good. It's this, better. This is much better. Yeah, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good. Okay, Marab. Congratulations, my friend. What a performance. I know no fighter wants to get punched, get dropped, but I don't know if... Like, did you ever have that much fun in a fight before? Because it looked like afterward you were on cloud nine. Was that just the most fun you've ever had in the UFC? Uh, UFC, yes. Uh, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was yeah, really fun. I Before, I, I used to fight like this, crazy. <laughs> but always worked for me. I never got dropped before. And uh, now I got dropped. But, uh, you know, you know what's crazy is? So... Uh, I, I never, never feel like any, like uh, any, I don't know. I mean, I was in, I was fighting, and but when I see video now, I see why people are excited and why people go crazy. But when I was in, I don't feel any crazy things happen. Yeah, I, 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 of course, I remember I got, I got rocked and I was in little trouble, but I was good. I was feeling good. I, I, I wasn't nervous or anything. I was still fighting, and, uh, but. Well, sorry, somebody called me. No problem, no problem. Somebody called me, I'm sorry. No problem. Yeah. Uh, You're not nervous and, in that um, situation? I mean, that's Marlon Moraes, one of the best strikers at 135. He just dropped you, and he's looking to finish you. Yeah, but no, because okay, I was prepared for this fight, you know, because he's he's one of those best, and um, he's dangerous, dangerous opponent for everybody. And he has a knockout power. He has a knockout kicks. He has submission. We we all know about this. And I was ready. I was prepared. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is the fight. This is the business we are in. And uh, yeah, of course we we were, we was we was doing some exchange exchange the punches. One of, one of them one of them going down. So that was me. <laughs> You know, and, uh, yeah. sometimes in, in, in a fighter's career, you need a performance like that. You need a fight like that to take you to the next level, even though maybe it didn't go your way early on. You got dropped. I feel like that's the fight that now gets you into big fights. And, and this was a big fight on a big card. But this is the fight that is going to, you know, you win that fight via decision. Unfortunately, even if you won that fight 30 to 27, people will be like, all right, on to the next. There's so much going on. This is the yes. fight that gets you to the next step. You know what I mean? This is the one that gets you into a, you know, yeah, a big fight. Yeah, I understand. And now I felt that, like I said, after a fight or even fight, I wasn't feeling any special. I was focused on win. And it doesn't matter how I win this fight. Win is win. And because, I, and especially, uh, I mean, opponent as Marlon Morales, he's, he's a dangerous opponent and good, strong opponent. So, but uh, now I see the video and I see the people reaction. Now I've really felt that 
it was special. What did your corner, you know, we heard a little bit of it, but what were they saying to you going into the second round? You have one of the best corners. And you had Matt there too, right? Yes. So he, was that his first time back cornering? Yes. How did you get him out of retirement? Come on, we are we are family, and then yeah. So um, it's all once I say the once I say we gotta go. We, we, I have a fight, yeah, of course. He was able to now. He, you know, like, and he was able to. He has time. Everything else, you know, we, we are best team in the world, and then yeah, that wasn't any any question about it. So and um, yeah, they said. Marab, now it's your time. Now you gotta go. You gotta finish it. You gotta show it, and that's what really happened. And I, the, my question was, should I start a stand up or should I just straight to the wrestling? They said start a stand up and then wrestling after. And I, that's what I did. And I, I don't know if you guys see, but um, when we start a second round, I land good right hand, and I then take him down with like the same time. You know, that's that's my my punch. Like, I'm punching and then take him down. So I think, uh, and that's where he, I got him right second round. And then, and then I, and I land couple in the body. And after he, he was, I felt it. I felt that he, he don't have any more power. You know? Wow. Um, any injuries for you coming off that fight? Thank God. Nothing. Uh, just he, he, he kicked me a couple times. Um, uh, uh, cap kick and just a little. I, I I felt a little bit, but I'm walking, running, no problem. You could you could probably fight this weekend if you wanted to. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Actually, I was thinking about this because yeah, like I I really feel good. I really feel good. Usually after fight, you don't have like too much motivation, and after weight cuts, hydration, the the weight cuts hits you. And me, I, I still, I still feel great. Even I don't sleep after my fight. You know, I just don't sleep. I don't. I have too much energy. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, I can understand why. There was a ton of buzz there. Um, and so for you, this is a big opportunity. And 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 what a win over a guy. I mean, you've had some nice wins over big names, but Marlon, I think, is super respected. And I thought it was really cool to see you guys embrace afterwards. What did you say to each other afterwards in the cage? Yeah, I have only for respect. Marlon, um, he's great fighter, and uh, I I just say good 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 words for him, and I said, uh, yeah, I said thank you so much, and uh, keep keep your head up, and God bless you, God your God bless your family, and and uh, good luck. I said, it's a crazy thing because that round is one of the best rounds of the year, and then later on in the night you get what Volkanovski and Ortega did. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to yeah. see two rounds like that, two comebacks like that, whatever you want to say, in the same card. Were yes. you watching the main event as well? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we get back to hotel with my coaches and uh, uh, they was watching and I was um, uh, texting somebody and I was watching with one, one eye, you know? And then um, before Ray was saying, though, that was like, you will get a bonus. And then when we see the Wakanoski Ortega, oh, Ray said, oh, this, they, they may be bitty or something. <laughs> no, Ray, Ray was saying maybe you're getting fight of the night bonus and maybe performance of the night bonus together. But I, I'm good and I'm happy with performance of the night. And uh, yeah, even win, doesn't matter how 
against top opponents like Marlon Moraes, it's it's a loss for me. But of course, finish. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say come back because I was in. I was I was never back. I was still fight. So and then the, and then the judge, Peterson, he's the best. I love him. Like uh, like uh, like some judges. Like I'll be a little criticized. They they too much too much rushing. You know they stop fighters too early. And I I always criticize this. Like let me fight. I cut weight. I training for this. And then yeah, of course it's a fight. I'm gonna get punched. Let me fight. Let me uh, let me defend myself. And then okay, if I done moving, if I done moving or I'm I'm really done. Yeah, stop me because I'm gonna get damaged anyways. You know, I'm I'm gonna get hurt anyways. So I'm fighting. I'm prepared for this. So, and then at the with uh, uh, Peterson, I was I was really relaxed, but I I still tell him, you know, maybe I know you are the best, but maybe if something accident can happen in a fight and I get dropped. Please don't stop me. And he said, you know, you know, you know me. I said, yeah, I know you. Wow. We don't have to talk anymore, you know? And then, yes. But, but even you can ask my coaches every time before fight, I always tell judges, hey, listen, everything can happen. And please, if I got cut, don't stop me. Let me fight. Let me fight. So then finally, it's wow. going to happen now when I see video. It's crazy. That, that is unbelievable. Uh, you called it. Not to say that you thought that that was going to specifically happen there, but uh, pretty amazing. And, and Peterson is one of the very best, and he doesn't get uh, enough attention and yes. enough credit for that. Um, so, you know, Marab, for you, you know what? I love the uh, the rise of Georgian MMA. We're seeing a lot of fighters. I, and I love the, the fraternity. Like, Correct me if I'm wrong. You and Giga aren't, you know, you don't really know each other, but like there seems to be a nice bond between you guys um, and Ilya as well. Like, do you feel like Georgian MMA is rising? And, and are you guys getting attention back home? Like, is the media covering you guys back home? Are you getting a lot of love back home? Oh, we're getting so much love back to back home because not only young people watching MMA, like now old people watching and. Um, this is like a big for our small country, a big thing because like we are successful and uh, we have so much support from Georgia. They show us national TV, they show us everywhere. And then um, uh, like, I, I mean, every time I go to Georgia, I feel more and more, more love and uh, like so much support really everywhere. They are recognize us and um, we have so much support from our country. That is great. I know you went back home with uh, Aljo and Al and you showed them the, the country. What was that like? Oh, man. Uh, so uh, I just put a Facebook status on, and I'll be, that was Friday night or something. I said, I'll be like 12, 15 or something like late night. I'll be the airport. And then once we get there, people were screaming, Merab, Merab, I'll do it, I'll like, and then, the, and then the people was like crazy. And then I, I was surprised. And uh, of course we get so much good energy and we go home, people was like coming, following with us in a, with a car. And the next day we go charge. And, um, you know, you know, just Georgia, it's a Christian country. 
And then, uh, of course, we all, all live together, like uh, Muslim, Jewish, uh, everybody will live together. It's a democratic, independent country. And, um, uh, but, you know, we have a very beautiful, big church and we go there and the people are stopping us in the street, taking pictures. And, uh, and uh, we go one of those public area and the people was waiting for there and then they come and come and they was taking pictures with us, autographs. They were so happy, so excited. And uh, after we went a couple of gyms, like we, every day, we was trying to go new gym and then uh, do seminars, free free seminars, of course. And um, the, the so many kids and so many uh, guys, even professional guys was coming and training with us. And we was sharing, sharing uh, our technique and thank Aljo and Al for this because every day wasn't easy because... The morning, I said, guys, we got to go. We got to see this beautiful place. We got to go training. And then after we got to go, somebody invite us restaurant. Huh. And like every day was crazy going and going and going. And um, that was really such a good, 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 good time. And then uh, <laughs> we went to my village and then uh, the, my village, a lot of, lot of, lot of, it's all my cousins, uh, close people. We all know each other. We all support to help each other. So and they have horses, almost every family. And then they, they give us three horses. One I was sitting, there was young but smart uh, horses. The Aljo's horse and the Al's horse was a little crazy. And when Aljo sits and I tell him to, he was first time like Al. And I tell him to, when you pull the rope, the horse must stop. But when he did, horse run and the Aljo gun. Oh, and no. like, and then the, that was the road, and he the horse had just gone, and we, we cannot see the where is Aljo. I was worried, and my horse don't run, I cannot follow him. So <laughs> and then <laughs> finally oh, horse stopped, but when I see Aljo was just uh, <laughs> shocked what just happened and uh, he, he told me that he has a, a plan to jump to the horses but that should be not a good idea because to, to jump to the from horse to when horse no, no. run it's not good it's right, never right. gonna happen uh, so thank god everything went good <laughs> the trip was safe and uh, yeah uh, we make lots of people happy and we get good energy really good energy and um uh, I will say uh, thank you for my country because uh, they are very welcome for everybody. They love they love tourists. They love tourists. Even we have a politic problem with uh, Russia. We don't like as a politic Russia. We still love Russian tourists and Russian people. We love everybody coming our country. We love. And we are like very welcome people. And uh, I I want. I, I mean, this is uh, really 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 realize when i come here us is best country of course but in the uh the, the my country they have really such a big heart and they love visitors i have to ask you something though um you are a different kind of breed we know that fighters are a different kind of breed but i think that you in particular are a different kind of breed Murad, because i've been wanting to talk to you about this for a while 
uh, in February, you posted this amazing video on your Instagram page. And why I say you're a different <laughs> kind of breed, uh, most normal people like myself don't have the balls to do something like this. For those that may have missed it, I want to show them the clip and then I have to ask you about this. What is going through your I mind can... when you did this? For those that may have missed it, back in February, this is what Marab, who lives on the East Coast in New York, this is what he did. Take a look. All right, so there you are, Marab. Um, we're showing people the clip right now. You're stripping down and you're about to jump into a frozen lake slash pond and you jump up right away. And this part here is very telling. You're holding your hands on your head. You say, I'm so stupid. You keep saying, I'm so stupid. It's freezing. There's a lot of snow, ice. <laughs> okay, now here you are. What a good day. What a stupid accident. Okay, and now here you are being stapled, Marab. Marab, tell us what happened here. You saw a frozen lake and you decided to <laughs> jump head first and then your head, and we'll show the aftermath <laughs> in a second, your head got cut up by branches in the water? No. So... Yeah, I'm a, I'm crazy because yes, yes. I'm I'm fighting, but I'm not this much crazy. <laughs> so, okay, what happened is I don't know. I wasn't know if water was freezing. Why? Because um, uh, those couple of days was uh, so much snow in New York. I live Long Island, and um, and the gym was closing, and then I was running the the park. The park is uh, close to my house, and then. The, uh, day before I run or so, and then I see lots of snow, but the snow was melted top of the uh, water. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and then, I guess what happened? So the 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 snow went uh, like went like ice, like went like ice, and then the next day it was more snow, and then it, it was like prison. It was prison, I guess. It looks like it was melted snow before. Maybe gotcha. it was freezing too, but and the next day when I go, it was fresh, fresh uh, ice. No ice, the, uh, the snow, mm -hmm. snow on top. It looks like just uh, water with the snow on top. And then, the, but this is challenge for me to like after a good run to go cold water, water, and because get like um, ice top. You know, I, was, I don't know how cold and. Um, and then the, I put a camera and I take off my clothes and I don't go like easy. I don't just try like mm. how cold it was because I just want to go into the cold water, jump, you know? And, uh, and I just stay, stand next to the water and I just jump with my head. But once I break the ice and I realize and I grab my head, oh my God, I, that was pain. But more like, I'm like, why I did this? And, <laughs> and once I grabbed my head and I felt that all skin was felt, oh, fell off. Oh my gosh. Like all my head, like everywhere, like everywhere. Like, oh my like, gosh. like the Open. skin was crazy. And then I'm like, I'm so stupid. I started screaming. I cut video because I'm saying I'm so stupid. <laughs> I did this. Oh. I'm talking very bad words. And uh, how many staples? Yeah, not, but sorry. And, but, and then this has happened, but 
it's already passing. I already make mistakes. And uh, I have with all this stupid thing I, I did. And I, and then um, and then I grab my T-shirt. I just like put in my head, make sure blood not coming anymore. And uh, and I'm coming home and I'm thinking oh, I'm so stupid. I gotta go hospital. But and I have video, so I'm thinking if I post video, people will say I'm stupid. But yeah, I, maybe I agree. I did make mistake, but. At the same time, if I'm posting, I'm hiding. I said, I'm not hiding nothing in my life. And I posted, and some people laugh, and some people learn. Some people call me stupid, but I'm fine, you know? Uh, I mean, how many staples? 17 staples. Jeez. That was more painful than Oh, my God, I can't believe it. And then, yeah, because they, yeah, they're closing it up. I mean, I can't even imagine. The whole yeah. thing looked like it was incredibly painful. And then you go back the next day, Marab, and you do this. <laughs> You're you're climbing up, you're walking on a branch. The branch looks like it's about to break, Marab, and you're hanging on for dear life, and now you're starting to do a little ground and pound on the ice. The first <laughs> you went back, this is the next day, yes? Yes, next day. And, and then you go back and you start. Why did you do this? Why did you come back and do this? Yeah. Okay. So I went to the hospital. I, mean, I got my staples, my head, and I cannot train in next couple of days, right? I have so much energy. You go back here now. It's, all, it's You're not done. You're going back. It's crazy. Look at this. Yes, yeah, sorry. Keep going. I'm just, so, I'm, 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 I'm blown away by all of it. Please. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I go I go home after hospital and I was boring. And I said the water the ice beat me. So now I gotta go back. I need my rematch. And then the people already was making fun of me, especially in my country. They show national TV and like <laughs> that's crazy. They show our UFC fighter Merab really break his head, he jumped to the freezing water <laughs> like and that was big, 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 big news in my country. They show a lot of comedy, TV show, and like whatever. And then, and at that time, I already, I, I was laughing anyways. And I go, I have more energy. I go, I, I make fun. I, that was fun. Like, uh, I didn't yeah. just rematch. That was fun. Just joke. Okay. Well, I hope you're okay. I hope you never do that again because it looks just incredible. Like to see a tough guy like you react like that, I think yeah, I would have collapsed. I will jump frozen water, but like smart way. Not like not I'm not breaking first. my head anymore. Who do you want next? Who makes sense next? I feel like you're you're very you're very close now. Who do we want next? Yeah. So, uh, man, I'll be I'll be less than you. Um. Uh, and uh, sometimes. You're a good matchmaker, so yes. maybe you tell me who I should fight next. Oh, you're asking me? Um, yeah. All right, well, you know... It's, the, it, you're it's, making good matchups. I know. You're I making good matchups. Thank you, Marab. I appreciate that. Uh, well, it's interesting because your buddy is at the top of the rankings right now, but unfortunately, we found yeah. out no, that... No, so, okay, Ariel, one, one I will add it. So, I'm not, I'm not talking about title because yeah. Aljo is champion and he will defend his champion whenever he ha he will beat Peter and uh, whatever. I'm just looking for big fights and uh, step by step just keep winning ranking just, I was going to say Rob I'm Font I'm just enjoying I was going to say Rob Font but I hear that he might be fighting Jose Aldo 
uh, later on this wow. year, so he might be uh, booked. What about a Dominic Cruz? Oh man, dude, that would be dream fight. Dream I mean, you're fight. 11 right now. It's going to change probably. You're 11. He's 10. Um, Frankie is booked. Uh, Cody is moving down to 125. That would be a good one. Marlon, you just beat. Then there's Jose, Rob Font, Corey. It looks like he might fight. Uh, you know, yes. he might fight for the interim belt. TJ just had surgery, and there's yeah. I feel like let's go, Marab versus Dominic Cruz. Let's go, Marab. Let's go, let's go. This is great, great matchup, <laughs> man. This is great matchup. I love this matchup. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna call uh, Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby. I'm gonna make it happen for you, okay? Yeah, do it, please. Yes. Okay. No yeah. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not complaining about money. I'm not complaining about main event or no, no, anything. No. You're I'm happy just guy. Fight whatever. You're the man, Marab. Anyway. Congratulations on the great win. Congratulations on uh, everything you've done in the UFC, this amazing run that you've been on as of late. And I love your demeanor. I love that you're always smiling. I love the new beard too, Marab. I say you keep the beard. Thank it's a you. good look, my friend. Thank So keep it up. Thank you. I'm going to keep it. Thank you, Ariel. Congratulations. Like you back your new your your show. And then this is good. I I I watch I watch your show. I'm always trying to keep keep getting like my English better and better and then your show helps me too. So it's oh, good. thank you. I appreciate that, Marab. <laughs> we'll have you on again soon, thank okay? You. Thank you so much. All right, good all luck. the best to you. There he is. Marab Dawalishvili, uh currently in the UFC rankings, he's eleven, but I feel like uh uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I feel like that's going to change soon. I feel like things are going to change. Now Dominic is, is 10, so well, I think that that would make a lot of sense. I mean, every fight for Dominic Cruz against anyone at uh, 135 is an interesting fight. I'm assuming that he wants to be a little particular at this juncture of his career, but uh, let's see what happens there. Um, all right, in a matter of seconds, we'll go to another guy who had a big win on the prelims. Dan Hooker defeated Nasrat Hakparas. You'll recall last uh, Monday, I believe it was Monday. Yes, it was last Monday. We uh, we had him on. 
Uh, this is when he was still in New Zealand trying to make his way over to Las Vegas, the whole drama with the visa. He gets to Las Vegas Thursday night. He makes weight like a freaking pro Friday morning, and then he goes out there and looks fantastic. It wasn't even like a ho-hum performance. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, he won, but let's be honest, he didn't look great uh, because of the travel. Had you not known about the travel, you would have said, that was a great win for Dan Hooker. At least I thought it was. I'd love to ask him. And so without further ado, let's go back to the Zoom machine and say hello to Hangman Dan Hooker, who's joining us from Las Vegas. Dan, how are you? I'm well, sir. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on again. It's good to talk to you now in the winner's circle back uh, on the show, but this time from Las Vegas, not your home in New Zealand. By the way, I have to congratulate you off the top. Most importantly, the the at-home fade that you pulled off, my friend. I mean, that's a good look. It, it's coming in nice. It's not bad. I was impressed. It's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's not bad, is it? I had a few people message me saying oh, they don't really believe it. They don't believe it. But I'll be happy to when I get home. If you don't believe me, you come around my house, I'll give you a fade. How I long promise. did it take? Oh, five-minute job. Five yeah, minute job. That, that I don't believe. Five-minute job. The mirror, the mirror like that. The mirror, like, the mirror like that. Well done. That's the part I don't believe uh, because it takes me an hour just to shave my head all one, uh, you know, one length here. But well done. I was very impressed. Um, you handled that whole situation so well. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing how like this adversity and this drama, I think, has now made you into an even more popular fighter, if that was even possible. And you did it all with a smile and you had all the right answers. But now that it's over, Dan... Could you tell, like, how stressful was the past week for you? I mean, like, because, again, I'm talking to you, and I feel like I'm more stressed about what I'm going to have for dinner than you are about <laughs> how you're going to get over from New Zealand to America. But now that it's all done and it all went well and you won, can you put into words how stressful that past week was for you? Um, it's like a different mix of stress, though, right? Because the whole the whole training camp is like a, a the, you're dealing with the physical stress of all the training, like two, three hard trainings a day. Um, so you're dealing with the physical stress of that mixed in with the stress of maybe this fight isn't going to work. But I don't know, the last week, um, you're not dealing with that physical stress anymore. So you just had kind of just like a mental stress. And you know, I just don't let things mentally stress me out that much. Like it's, I did every, as long as I do everything that's in my power, anything that I can control, then I, there's not more you can do and there's no point stressing about it. What was... Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday before you're leaving. You're seeing, you're seeing, you know, 266 kind of develop. Like all the fighters are in town now and the media stuff, and you're kind of on the outside looking in. I would imagine that's sort of surreal, right? Like it's all happening, the fight week stuff. You're a part of it, but you're not actually a part of it. What was those last few days like at home? Yeah, surreal is the word. Like it was pretty crazy. I was sitting down on my couch at home uh, watching, watching like the third and fourth embedded and it's like getting closer and closer and it's got all the fighters like <laughs> preparing to do their final like oh yeah I'm, yeah I'm preparing to do my final weight cutting and i'm still sitting at home on my couch and i was just like yeah this is getting pretty surreal uh and then you find out about nasrat's issues did you have any idea before he made them public that he was going through a similar thing uh like he'd mentioned it and like he he was asking about my visa issues. He's like, oh, you you're gonna get a visa? Is everything sorted with you? And I was like, man, doing everything I can. And he mentioned it to me. He was like, yeah, I've got the same problem. And I was, but I was dealing with mine at that point. And I was just like, well, I got my own problems, but like, I don't even wanna, I don't even wanna open that kettle of fish. But yeah, so when it did come out, 
I already had a heads up that he was having an issue. But at that point, like that is out of my control. Like I can, <laughs> I didn't think I would be able to get my own one done like that. Um, that one I could control. His visa, ain't nothing I can do about the the uh, embassy in Frankfurt. And so were you told by the UFC this will not all be for naught? Like you, you, you will get here and you will fight someone. It may not be him, but we have someone on standby. Nah, I didn't even talk to him. Really? So the last person, I, <laughs> the last person I talked to was like Sean, like a week before that, when he was just like, Dan, like we're not gonna be able to get you until Thursday. How about we push the fight? And I was like, Well, I push the fight, and I'm locked out of my country, so I can't, I can't push the fight. And he, he said, Well, that means you're landing Thursday, and have to weigh in the next day. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, that's not a problem. Let's do the fight. Like I've got no, I've got no problem. So that's the last I heard of him. So I don't know. I was too, too hesitant, too scared to ask because I didn't want an, a bad answer. So I was just, I was just staying positive and, and not, um, yeah, not asking too many questions. Cause maybe, maybe I didn't want to know the answer. Okay. So you go on the flight, um, you 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 get to LA right, and then you cross over. What time did you land on Thursday? Uh, about seven thirty p.m. in Las Vegas. And you made the wait. So in the end, you had a little over twelve hours. Uh, again, you were as cool as can be talking about it, but the actual process—how difficult was it? The checking in, the cutting weight. Did you even go to sleep on Thursday night? Oh, uh, a couple hours. Couple hours. Um. So, yeah, we landed, obviously muck around there for a bit. By the time we got to, got to the hotel in Las Vegas, we had to do a, um, like a rapid test before we were allowed out of our room. So quickly did a COVID test, stayed in our room until we got the results, got the results from that. And then me and Eugene went to the PI, where Vulcan that were already training at the PI. Um, me and Eugene did a little pad session at the PI, did a little bit of grappling with Frankie, um, sat in the sauna for a bit, got back to the hotel, checked my weight. I was on weight. Um, so then all I had to do was sleep. And then I just slept, waited around. Uh, waited. I could have waited in that night. So it's wow. not, that was not, uh, that's not an issue for me. Like I stay, I stay in shooting distance year round. So it's, it's never going to be a problem. Like I've been through it as a fighter, like <laughs> these big cuts and it's just, it's just not worth it in the long run. You just end up damaging your body and impacting your career. So I just stay in shooting distance year round. So it's just not a problem to me. So if something like this ever happened, it's not an issue to me. It's not an issue. Um, it's, it's just amazing that both of you had to go through this and then you were both there early and you both made the weight. Um, and then come set, like I was wondering what your body or how your body would feel and what your, you know, like the body clock is all messed up. So come Saturday, did you feel, you didn't look off. Like I said, if, if no one knew about your issues, no one would have batted an eye, but the actual body in the locker room, in the cage, did you feel a little bit off? Did you feel like this wasn't a normal thing for you? Um, like you start really getting jet lagged when you try to adjust like that's where you get like the, the jet lag book when you, when you try to adjust to the time. Um, if I had a week, if I had uh, 10 days, seven days, then I would just adjust. I would just battle the jet lag those first couple of days. And then by day three, day four, I would have adjusted and I'll be back to normal kind of thing. Um, what I did was just not even attempt to adjust, like just sleep when I slept. So I sleep was 
all over the place. Like I was, I was waking up, I'd be awake at um, like two, three, four, five in the morning, but then sleep a bit during the day. And so I'm, I would just sleep when I'm tired. All I did was just didn't adjust. So then uh, the jet lag doesn't um, hit you as much. But once you start going through that process, like you're arriving at the venue, you start warming up, you hear the crowd, it just, there's no way you're still going to be asleep. There's right. no way you're still going to be sitting out back like, oh, you know what? No, I want to go back to bed. Like you, you're about to go out in front of a, a sold out audience. Like nothing, if that doesn't get you out of bed, nothing will. Um, how do you feel about your performance? You're probably your toughest critic. Were you happy with it? I felt, yeah, I felt it was good. I felt it was a good performance. I felt it was, yeah, I felt it was a solid performance. I felt like I had, you know, I'd found um, an advantage in the wrestling once I grabbed a hold of them and I just went to that well. It's like uh, people saying, well, you were winning the striking award and you just stay, um, stay striking. It's like you can just stay that for when you need it, uh-huh. right? Like if he was able, if he was able to get back to his feet, and scramble to his feet and make me strike. Well, then I can make myself strike. Like striking, your leg, your shins get bashed up, your face gets bashed up, you bust your hands. Like it's uh, uh, grappling's like the definitely um, the safer route to to victory. So I just did that, and it's you know the experience from those um, two losses just to to be a good decision maker to to be you know it gave me a lot of mental maturity that fight uh those two fights uh there was like a lot of mental growth there a lot of mental maturity which i can now do in the future that's why i was so excited to get in there and fight and show um the improvements that i've made not only in my physical attributes but also like just the way i mentally approach the game perhaps three four years ago you're not going to the wrestling at that point in the fight right Nah, definitely not. Like you're too proud. You're yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a 25, 26 year old kid. Like you're too, you're too proud. You just want to get out there and you know prove that you're the best striker. Prove that you're, you know, my my goal was to just prove I was the toughest guy. I just wanted to prove I was the toughest guy in the world, and I feel like I did that, and I feel like I got nothing for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like you got <laughs> you get nothing for it, but but cuts and scars. There's no point in doing that. Um, yeah, like. W- are we going to have crazy exciting fights in the future? 100%. But it's like the other guy has to make me fight like that. The other guy has to be of the same level that he brings that out of me. That's, um, that's it. If I can go out there and just outclass the best fighters in the world, then why not, why not do that? So you say that those losses made you, you know, more mature and all that stuff, just the confidence of getting your, hand raised and feeling what it feels like to win a fight. What does that feel like now to, you know, to the, the Monday after a fight, after the losses, I'm sure weren't great. Again, you always handle it very well, but just to be back in the winner's circle, to be back feeling like, all right, things are back on track. What is that like? Yeah, it feels good. feels good to get, um, to get like that win back, be back in the winner's column. Um, for all the people that support me as well, like that's, it's tough for them too, you know, to see you go through, you know, tough fights and, and losses like that and they've been um, dragged out for so long. Uh, you know, it's been nine months uh, sitting in that. Yeah, or longer. It's probably been closer to a year. So, yeah, it's good for all the people supporting me as well. Uh, I definitely knew that it was always going to happen. I've always had that confidence in my ability and I knew that it would come back uh, back on track eventually. So it's good to finally be here. Do you agree with the assessment that all the drama of the past week, and in particular how you handled it, 
made you into a bigger star now? Like the pop that you got, the crowd reaction to you, it feels like people are even bigger fans of Dan Hooker now because of everything you went through. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. You didn't hard feel a difference? You didn't feel a difference? I feel like they always scream. I feel like the fans <laughs> always <laughs> happy to see me. You know, it's been a it's been a long career inside the UFC with some pretty crazy moments, some pretty crazy knockouts, some pretty crazy fights, a lot of fight of the nights. So it's um it's it's like warranted. They've they've uh it's it's good to feel their appreciation. You know, their appreciation for your body of work inside of the UFC. Uh, afterwards you said Dariush next. Why him? Uh, well, if you're looking at it, when you're looking at it, um, like Tony Ferguson and Benil were the only two guys without fights in that uh, top 15 in that ranking. And um, they just fought, so they can't fight again. So Darius is sitting there without anyone to fight. So isn't it a good idea to ask for the highest ranked guy there is that doesn't have a fight? It makes sense. Did they, to the best of your knowledge, because I saw uh, you tweet about this and then he responded, Armand, did they did they call him to be on standby? Did you hear that there were any talks of that? Nah, I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to, just wanted to kick his bucket. If you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Just yes. give his bucket a boot. See what are you doing, bud? <laughs> uh, and it's he said that he was uh, banged up or something like that, right? What did you make of that response? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a bit of a preloaded excuse. Okay. Bit fair. of a pre. I, no, I just saw. I just saw he had no, um, like no suspension or no stand down after the um, after the fight. So then it's, I was just like, well, he's got no stand down. He's you know he's still stateside. He can throw him in. He wants to fight me. He said, oh, if anyone gets hurt, and as he said in his post fight interview, he's like, hey, if that fight falls through, I'll put my hand up. I said, well, we'll put your hand up there. Yeah. And then he takes his hand down. So he's just contradicting himself. Um, where did you watch the main event? Uh, out back in the locker room. What, can, can you say, I mean, like what I was, I was going on about the third round and the fight itself. And uh, the, I, like, I'm in awe of Alex. I'm in awe of what he was able to do. I think 99.9% .9 of the human beings on this planet tap in that moment, get, want to get out of that thing. The fact that he was able to figure out a way to get out of it, not once, but then the triangle after, I mean, just like, I have so much respect for that man, and that fight is one of the greatest examples of heart and will and determination that I've ever seen in any type of athletic endeavor. To see your friend and teammate in that and overcome that, the world is freaking out, but you have a connection to him. What was that like watching it with whomever back there? Yeah, the third round was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, they ran, so he was out back and he ran through all of those submissions with uh, Craig Jones. Craig Jones was running, we ran through the guillotine ran through guillotine defense at like the various stages of oh, it's just when he attempts it, when it gets this deep, when it's deep, deep, the triangles, like all of those submission attempts they ran through. So I was pretty, I was pretty confident that mounted guillotine looked tight. Um, but Alex is a hard guy to put away. He soldiered on and then almost got him out of there in the third round. So yeah, that's, that's a crazy, that's one of the craziest rounds I've, I've ever seen that third round. That was, um, that was incredible. Awesome to see you guys celebrated at the uh, the Raiders game. I mean, you kind of have to look for you in the back there. They're like there, for, you know, there's a thing for Alex, but you're there. Eugene's there. I see Ash back there. I see the whole crew there. What was that like to get that kind of, uh, you guys were really down. I think you were like just a couple of rows back, right? 
Yeah, I think they call it the field field boxes or something. I've never even been to an NFL game. So oh. that was the first that's the first NFL game I've ever been to. So to walk in and you're in like the the box up the front down on the field, it was crazy. Man, to think that they might have a, a fight event in that stadium one uh one time, like that that whole stadium was just going um absolutely ballistic. So that was cool. It's been uh it's been a surreal experience, this whole thing, like flying in last minute, coming, <laughs> doing the fight, getting that done, going to the game yesterday. The whole thing's been surreal from, you know, just being in my garage for the last month, just like with my family, hanging out with my family. Like it's been, it's been crazy to just go from complete isolation to just everything's open over here yeah. and it's just uh yeah it's just it's just crazy is it a bit of a like i remember when we were somewhat locked down and then you kind of go back into the the world and there's like a little bit of a not a culture shock but you know it's like a it's strange right you're all alone and then all of a sudden you're around people like yeah, the first yeah. time i went on a flight back in february i was like this is weird to be around people again has it felt like that for you i mean you went into a stadium with seventy thousand people or whatever it was on, on sunday it, it, that must feel very very strange to your system no yeah you do you do you get like you get so used to only interacting with like a handful of people and seeing the same walls um so yeah to come over here and just the airport the people going to a sold out arena in vegas fighting walking out with the fans you're touching thousands of fans um then going to the Raiders game, same thing, like sold out, packed house, 70,000. Crazy, crazy. And, uh, you know, obviously you come from a country where uh, I, I would imagine rugby, I know it's huge in Australia, but rugby popular in, in New Zealand as well? Yeah, right? Yeah, rugby's rugby's the What's, biggest sport in New Zealand. Like, Look at you trying not to make me sound like an idiot. Like, yeah, you dumb... American slash Canadian. It's the biggest. Who, who the All Blacks? What what do they play? They the pl All Blacks. That's, that's rugby. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, play uh, Eden Park. Okay. New Zealand's only got we've only got um we've only got one uh, stadium in New Zealand with a roof. So uh -huh. there's only like one place. It's in Dunedin. There's only one place that you could have a, a stadium show in New Zealand because the rest of them are just like outdoor sporting events. Like Eden Park is like uh I think that's our biggest one, but yeah, it doesn't have a doesn't have a roof, so you couldn't have a fight show on it. My no, my question was, what did you like better, NFL or rugby? Oh, you're throwing me under the bus there. You're throwing me under the bus there. <laughs> yeah. I gotta I gotta say I gotta say rugby, or they'll never let me back. Okay, in. fair enough, fair enough. Um, and you know we we have to discuss somewhat the the elephant in the room on uh, on Thursday. Izzy put out this video, which I thought was awesome to see the you know the the camaraderie and the loyalty towards you and everyone else, like basically saying, I'm not fighting in New Zealand anymore. And in fact, we're thinking of leaving because of what you put us through. Do you share that sentiment? Would you be, yeah, I know you have a young family. It's not that easy for a whole team to just pick up and leave. All you guys have your own situations to just go to the United States. How do you feel about the future now in New Zealand for you? I feel like we would have to, um, to keep our sport moving in New Zealand, to keep uh, to keep MMA and and MMA in New Zealand moving, to keep the wheels moving. If we just stay in New Zealand, you know they're not allowing us to train. So what are we, like what happens if if Israel whatever fight he's got next, he starts his training camp, New Zealand goes into a lockdown. Like we're 
can we just can't train? Like you're not giving any kind of exemption to like the MMA people. Um, you're not letting us um, back into the country. Like you're making it impossible for us to train. You're making it impossible for us to compete. So we've got no option but to um, make a shift, continue to make sure that we keep the balls rolling um, for MMA in New Zealand. How close to this being a reality are we right now? Like, is this going to happen in 2022? You guys are all going to move over? Uh, I'm prepared to. I would I would take the family with me. Um, it's not my call. I'm not, uh, <laughs> it's up to, it's up to you. It's up to the coaches. Um, they're the ones that'll, that'll kind of make sure every, make sure everything's sorted out. We are, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just another body on the mat at city kickboxing. I'm just one of the boys on the team that does the, does the training. Um, yeah, I don't make, I don't make those kind of, I don't make those kind of decisions. To the best of your knowledge though, since this came out, you know, when it comes out from Izzy, people listen, I would imagine, um, is there anyone in the government who are like, well, we can't lose these guys. These guys represent our country on a world stage and in a very positive way. We need to figure this out. We need to figure out some exemption situation, something to let them stay here and keep representing us. It would be horrible PR, I would think, if all you guys picked up and leave, uh, you know, and, and you leave to go to the U.S. Do, do you know if any, I know you've been busy with your own fight, of course, but do you know if there were any, you know, repercussions, ramifications from what he said? You would think that, you would think that, um, I don't know. The media in New Zealand, like the way that um, they kind of portrayed what Israel said and um, how they portrayed us saying that we're going to make the shift, uh, we're forced to make the shift over New Zealand. They, like I would say, a majority of the media that did stories about it in New Zealand would painted it in a negative light. They painted it in like a like we're leaving because we don't like New Zealand or, or we're looking for special treatment. Like we want to, we want, we're complaining and we want special treatment because we're sports stars and things like this. Like, yeah. So they're, they're not, um, heeding the call. I think like they're just portraying him in a, in a negative light, like saying that he's asking, asking for too much or asking for special treatment. How can, how can asking to go to work, um, be asking for special treatment. Like it's the, <laughs> it's the crazy, it's the craziest thing for me. Like that guy has done more for New Zealand than any one of those people uh, having a go at him. You know what I mean? Like that guy has put New Zealand in the absolute spotlight. Israel has, has put, made the world sit and watch New Zealand combat sports. And for that, they say, you know, he's, he's just uh, this and that. And he's, saying that he doesn't like New Zealand. It's just it's just the worst. What's up with these guys in the media over there in New Zealand? Why are they so negative towards you guys? Is it just a bunch of old, crusty guys who don't get what MMA is and they think you're a bunch of barbarians? What is happening over there? Nah, there are some very cool people. There are some very cool people in the media that follow the sport. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, um, I don't know. There's a couple people in there that, that just kind of got, got it in for us, I think. That is, I mean, it's unfortunate. Everyone's going through something, but to, to make it so difficult on you guys, and my understanding is the other, the rugby guys get exemptions and you guys don't, that seems to be an unfair situation. So if you were to predict, do you think next year you guys are are, are relocating? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, like things are moving pretty slow in New Zealand um, with, the, with all the lockdowns. Like, like my gym's still shut back home in New Zealand or all of our gyms are still shut. Like city kickboxing still closed. 
Um, my gym's still closed and we're, we're like still in lockdown in New Zealand. So I'll get back to New Zealand, do my two weeks quarantine and then I'll still be, um, I'll still be in lockdown. So the wheels are moving like real slow. And I feel like things like need to, need to pick up, like things need to open back up. Things need to get moving. Like they can't, they can't just stop everyone from going, going for work. Like being out here in the world, like things, things have got back, got back to normal. I feel like the, um, especially here in Vegas, like they're on the, they're on the other side of it. Like everything's pretty much back to normal. Mental health wise, how, you know, like you haven't two weeks in the hotel again, you're going back to that same hotel or is it one of them, they send you to a random one, right? But you can't see yeah, your kids. You don't know. You don't know. You get off the plane, you like walk through the airport, get your bags and everything, get to like the end of it. And there's like a guy sitting at a table and he just tells you where you're going. You're just like, oh, you're going to this hotel, you're going to that. So you could go anywhere. They, um, like Eugene's had it to happen to him two or three times where he's got to that guy and like had to fly to, the South Island. So fly no another, yeah, they put him in a different city. Like he had to go to a Jeez. different city and do his quarantine. So it's like, you don't know to get to the guy at the table, like where you're going and where you'll be. But yeah, some are better than others. Like some, some only have like a little courtyard for exercise. You get like half an hour a day. Like it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. And you can say you're like complaining about it and stuff like that, but it it's brutal. It's brutal. Like sitting in a hotel, not being able to leave like it, it sucks. Is there a part of you, you're going to be in Vegas now for a week, right? Because your flight's on Saturday back home. Yep. Uh, I believe you told me that. Like, So your family, they're locked down. Do you feel guilty being able to go out and about now this week in Vegas while they're, you know... Kind of, eh? Kind of. Like, it's making me feel a little bit guilty. Like, we're out, I'm out at the Raiders, like, having fun Yeah. Um, with all these people, uh, having, like, the best time. And then, yeah, all my, my, my wife's in the home. My kids in their home, like can't even, can't even go down to the local park and play on the playground. Like can't even go on the slide. Wow. Like you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to play on the playground. <laughs> Man, I, I so was like, yeah, it makes. I, I'm not doing nothing wrong, but I, I feel, I feel awfully guilty about it. It's, it's sucked. And you can't go through another training camp like this, right? Four weeks and you know, at home and all nah, that. Nah, 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 nah. You like, you're, you're disrespecting your sport. You're disrespecting your opponents. Like this was just forced. There was nothing I could do about it. Now, um, now it's like, it was out of the blue. Next time it would have to be anticipated. You have to anticipate that this is a possibility <laughs> that they won't let us train. Um, so yeah, it needs to be anticipated and we need to make an adjustment, um, before I fight again. Like it's, it's, that was too hard. That was too too hard, too risky. Realistically, when do you want to fight again? Um, yeah, I haven't really thought about it. I haven't really thought about it. We've just been uh, going through all of this and then celebrating. I would like to fight. Uh, like I'm, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. As soon as I can get back to training. As soon as they, as soon as they open my gym and let me train. Yeah. Well, this is going to be, I mean, I know we were just talking about feeling guilty. I'm, I have a very guilty conscience, but like how rare is it to be in Vegas a week and have nothing to do, right? You're not preparing. The fight's over, so you can bask in the glow of the fight. Probably way better than being in Abu Dhabi for a month after a loss, right? You're going to have a blast this week, I would imagine. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> a couple of the lads are here. Um, yeah, a couple of the guys are here. Eugene's here till till Tuesday, so it'll be cool. We have a couple of team dinners. Um, the champs here till Wednesday, so just 
hanging out with him and um it's cool man it's cool probably catch some more catch some more sport um yeah see what happens well, enjoy it, my friend. Uh, you handled last. You handled the whole thing. Both of you guys, both you and Nasrad, really handled it well. It's it's one of those things where you're reminded how special the people are in this sport. Um, I don't know if a lot of people can handle it that well, like like you guys did. So, I tip my my proverbial cap to you. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> you look great. You looked amazing. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys do next. And I look forward to, uh, you know, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, this situation resolving itself. I'm getting it. You know what? I, I, I was a little bit off there at the end because someone just texted me. Uh, and so I'll ask the question that someone just texted me. What about you and Nathan? Can we run that back? Can we get, can we get going on that one again? What do you think? What's that? Nathan. Oh, I, I call him Nathan. We're friends. Nathan Diaz. Nate. Oh, Nate Diaz. Would I fight him? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll fight him. Yeah, of course you'll fight him. <laughs> Any yeah, likes behind that's that? that's on him. What? That's... That's on him. I don't know. I'm not gonna go chasing him around. Like whenever he wants to fight, like he's only got to say my name. Like it's not a stiffly not a difficult fight for him to get. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, Dan. Congratulations. All the best, and and thanks for jumping on this morning. I appreciate it. No trouble. Thank you. All right. There he is, Hangman Dan Hooker. What a performance. What a win. What a. I mean, what a story. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Could you believe that? 48 hours, you land in, in Las Vegas on a Thursday night. You're about to weigh in 12 hours later, Friday morning, and uh, you get it done. And you don't just get it done. You have a great win over a very tough guy. Like Nasrat Hakparas is a super tough, great fighter. I know stumbled a bit, but a, a super, super, super talented fighter. So congratulations to Dan. I feel for everyone in Australia, in New Zealand, um, things aren't 100% back to normal here, but certainly nowhere near what's going on over there and how strict it is over there. And uh, I don't blame, you know, Izzy, that video, he posted a video on his his YouTube channel Thursday, I think it was. I think I saw it Thursday, where he basically said, I'm never fighting here again, and we're thinking about leaving. And I could see how that would rub some people the wrong way in New Zealand because they have a bit of a love-hate relationship, the old guard, if you will, with uh, Israel Adesonia, um so I could see, I could foresee them being upset. How dare you, ingrates? Blah blah blah. But these men have a very small window where they can make money. You lose a title fight. You don't prepare. You don't come in shape. You know the the, the preparation is tougher than the fight itself, mentally, physically. And all of a sudden, you're at home in your garage. You know, doing push-ups, sit-ups, hitting a heavy bag. God knows, you can't spar anyone. You can't mimic things. You can't prepare. You stumble, you lose. Your stock's down, less pay. Like, there's just too much at stake. So I don't blame them, especially the ones with no family, young family, for thinking, hey, I got five, six years. Like, let's just go, let's go to... I don't know, Florida, let's go, you know, you see everyone else. There's a part of you who's looking at everyone else at ATT, at, you know, 
Jacksons, at AKA, whatever. And you're like, well, those guys get to have a career. Those guys get to train the right way. They get to do things the right way. And I can't. So I don't blame them for throwing it out there. And maybe back of their mind, you, you throw it out there. The government hears you and they figure something out, some kind of exemption. Because remember, they even were living at the gym together. And then they told them they couldn't do that. Like, first of all, these guys, who wants to live at the gym? You want to go home, you want to have a proper meal, you want to be with your wife, your kids. They're living at the gym, and then they're told they can't even do that. So they created a bubble, and they couldn't even keep the bubble anymore. That, to me, doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, Hooker, one of the good guys in the sport, appreciate him coming by. So, uh, bad news, my friends, and, and this, is the, uh, this is the thing that keeps me up at night, and this has been, truth be told, like the worst part of the two shows a week because now it's just double. I hate when someone no-shows. Hate it. Remember in the early days? I actually, funny enough, I actually remember banning Brendan Schaub when he no-showed. It's happened few and far between, but I hate it because I promote someone coming on. I promote them because they give me their word that they're coming on. I even check in twice beforehand and they no-show. Now, the worst is when they just don't say anything. That's happened a couple times. But the second worst is when they tell me in the middle of the show, I can't even communicate. I can't even get on the phone. I can't try to figure it out, whatever. And so Caesar Gracie isn't showing up. Uh, he texted me in the middle of the show during the Marab interview that he's unable to come on the show. He gave me a reason. I'm not going to share the reason. Uh, and this is incredibly disappointing because I told you he'd be on. It was a big interview. I said at the beginning of the show, I want to ask him some questions. You all were very excited to hear from him. And other than Nick, he's probably the guy you want to hear from the most. And I think he needs to answer some things because there's Nick Diaz talking about, I don't know how this fight got made. Multiple times in the ESPN interview and in the cage. I don't know how this fight got made. That to me is an indictment on his management. Now, Nick was managed by a guy named Kevin Mubanga. My understanding is they parted ways. I don't know what happened there. And then my understanding is Caesar took over. You look at his Twitter, you know, he, he announces that he was representing him in July. And I think there was some partnership there. And then I think he took over completely. And then you have Jake Shields talking about, I mean, what did Jake Shields tweet on Saturday? And I'm not trying to go in, but these are the questions that I was going to ask. And to, to say you're going to come on the show and not show up, is unprofessional. It's very disappointing. What did Jake Shields tweet on on uh, on Saturday night? I'm looking at. I'm looking. Uh, did he delete it? Oh, here it is. <clears throat> he tweeted this right after the fight. Nick Diaz is an effing legend. Six years off and six weeks to train, and still makes fight of the night. Now, it wasn't fight of the night, but you, you get the sentiment. They're, they're boys. He's showing his guy props. Then he, he writes back to someone. This guy, Miggy, wrote to him, why did he only get six weeks to train? Jake Shields replies, wanted to do a fight later, but was pressured to take it before he was ready. Pressured to take it before he was ready by who? Look, say what you will about the UFC. I don't think they're pressuring him to take that fight before he was ready. I mean, they've kind of taken a laissez-faire approach to Nick, so I don't think he was knocking them. Then he writes, people care about money, not his health. These are questions that I want to ask 
Nick these questions. I want to ask whoever's representing him these questions. Who's coaching him? Who's representing him? And that's Caesar. And so to not show up on this Monday to answer those questions, look, you could have said no. You didn't say no. You said yes. And then to bail is just incredibly disappointing. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, very, very disappointing. Hate that. Hate when someone bails in the middle of the show. You say you're going to be somewhere, show up. And I'm probably making too big of a deal out of it, but nothing pisses me off more than that. I don't care if you sit there and say no comment. Just show up. You said you were going to show up. Otherwise, just say no. You know how many people say no to me over the, the course of a week? And I move on to the next. No hard feelings. But what changed in the last day? Why say yes, then say no? Because the reason I was given wasn't a doctor's you know, appointment or something like that. It wasn't, oh, I got to pick up my kids or uh, I'm going on vacation. It wasn't quite that reason. So uh, we were going to do the, uh, the recap of the picks back into the show, but since we've got some time here, uh, let's go to GC. Is GC there? I'm here. GC, I'm upset. You're feeling you're you're, you're getting upset, Hawani. Now I know. I know. I, I'm getting thrown into the fire. I, no, well, I, I threw you into the fire because you had to call Caesar, right? I talked to Caesar on the phone. Tell us yeah. what he said. Tell us. All right. So, uh, you know, I mean, he st it started off pretty poor. He hit me with, uh, you know, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> um, he was what? He was he was skeptical as to what your motives were. Yeah, I let him know. You know, it's Connor with the MMA. Hour. GC. Yeah, GC. You, you know, you know this is. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so I just told him the plan here. We were going to ask him some easy questions about Saturday night, how everything came to be. Uh, and he just said it's not happening. There's just no way we'd do it. I let him know he was putting us in a pretty bad spot. We had a 30-minute window open for him. Now we're going to have to fill that with, you know. You. Me. Yeah, the club <laughs> has to come on now for you. Uh, and, yeah, he was just like, can't do it today. It's just not happening. Uh, I can do Wednesday. I was like, well, you know, we'll figure out Wednesday, I guess, when, when that bridge comes. But, uh, yeah, he was he was not having it. Man. Yeah, like, I'd be a dummy to book him on Wednesday. Why wouldn't he do it again? It's kind of what we were saying back here. Yeah, I mean, he, he said he would do Monday also. Right. So, In yeah. fact, I talked to him before the fight. Now I'm breaking the fourth wall. I talked to him before the fight, and he's like, I, I don't want to do it before the fight. There's a lot of drama. Monday, win or lose, I'll be there. Well, he, he, he also told me, you know, speaking of the questions, that it, it, it wasn't the context or the difficulty of the questions or having to get in the drama or anything like that. It was just, he just couldn't do it. Couldn't do and, it. And that's why. Nothing that's pisses why me off man. more. In my early days, I used to ban people. I used to, to levy, like, serious punishment. Now, I don't know if I'm going to go there with Caesar. Caesar's always been good to me. I know he's, he's a very polarizing figure in this sport, Connor, because a lot of people feel, you know, Nathan Diaz sort of got out of the Caesar Gracie orbit and has had a very successful run. Nick never really did. And, you know, some people think that he wasn't good for Nick, whatever. I, he's always been good to me. And, uh, you know, the, the resume speaks for itself. What Nick has done speaks for itself. But to, to say you're going to show up and not show up, I mean, you've been in this uh, media game. You've booked some big guests. You've, you've been on big shows for uh, big platforms. It sucks. It's the yeah. worst. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible, especially, you know, someone gives you a word, you're, you're planning on them coming on and, you know, changes up everything. I, I will say in his defense, though, you know, you're saying some nice words about him. He said he is sorry and, you know, he does like Ariel and he would like to do the interview at some point. Sorry, so. not accepted. 
Sorry, not accepted, Caesar. Nah, you, you can tell him yourself. Adam. Okay. <laughs> can you call him uh, right yeah, now? I, and I tell can't him? be the middleman anymore. <laughs> Caesar's done with me. Uh, you have an hour and 18 minutes, Caesar, to make this right, okay? Let me just tell you that, or else it's scorched earth. Now, uh, you did have a great Saturday night, I understand. So we were going to do this on the back end, but we've got this time now, so let's, uh, let's recap. So a lot. first of all, did you see what I saw? A lot of love. A lot of love, man. A lot of love. I was impressed. I appreciate all the support from everyone that, that was giving it to me. You, you said a great Saturday. We're going to set the bar here at a good Saturday. Good Saturday. Interesting. We had, we had a good Saturday. Okay, We're give us the recap. Great. All right, so we went four and three on single plays, um, which doesn't sound that you know good, but it's relative, though, because we hit our biggest plays, and like the ones that we missed were the smaller ones. And on top of that, we did win the parlay. So we finished up 3.73 units in English. For example, if you're $100 better, you profited $373 on Saturday night. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was a good day. Could have been better, you know. Obviously, we left a couple out there. It could have been better, but it was a good Saturday. Okay, yeah, so run it for, for those that may have missed it, for, let's, let's go through them. Because you, the, 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 the unfortunate part was uh, <laughs> we had a couple of cancellations, one mid-show and then one literally like two hours later. So what did we end up with? All right, so the ones that we hit, we'll start with those. Obviously, we lost Maximov and we lost Fiore. You already mentioned those. And those are ones that I felt good about. So it was, it was a bummer to lose them. But first to the night, Madish and Jalen Turner. Fight does not go the distance, minus 180. Two pretty easy winners to start the night. I mean, this one doesn't even get out of the first round. Jalen Turner gets the sub. It was, it was never really a concern of whether or not this one was going to hit once, once the fight had started. So we kick it off with a winner. Next up, Chris Daukas by KO. This one in the beginning, it seemed a little bit worrisome. Shamil was tagging him a little bit, but then by the end of the first round, you saw Daukas hit him with that huge hit. I mean, he had Shamil, the spit flying, the drool going. It, it was all over in the first couple minutes in the second round. At this point, are you feeling yourself now? Like you're two for two. Not only are you two for two, you're two for two with the finish. Like you, you, you said inside the distance, and you're saying, uh, you know, yeah. You you've got to be puffing your chest out, right? I mean, well, yeah. We, so yeah, so we uh, yeah we hit a plus money play, and the parlay is still alive. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. Matt Simmelsberger, he already won in. I mean, Sano just never should have been there, right? Like, I mean, it, that was uh, you know just a side note. They, you called they, it a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, that this was, is a favor for for Nick. Yeah, and that's what it ended up. Being. I mean, Sano <laughs> never should have. I mean, he shouldn't have been there. You know, and you know, so the UFC does those things where they'll they'll be like, "Oh, big bet alert from DraftKings," and someone put five thousand down on Sano money line. No way to win twenty thousand. Yes. I missed that. Jesus, this is this is as he's walking in the ring. So I'm sitting there. I'm talking to the people I'm with. I'm like, "Oh man, I, I wow. I wonder if someone knows something that yeah. we don't know about Sano. Like they're that confident, but I guess." If you're throwing around that much cash, I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's not the biggest priority for you. So, yeah, he ends that quick. Um, I feel bad. I feel really bad for whoever put $5,000 on that because you lost it in, in 15, 15 seconds. seconds. Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not good. So, uh, so we'll keep it moving. Marab, the Volichvili. I had this one by decision at plus 125. Um, what I was scared of, I thought was going to happen. Marias comes out swinging, like stuns Marab. You talked about it with him earlier. I was like, oh, this is... This is exactly what I thought was going to happen. This, this is terrifying. Like, this is what I was worried about. But then Marab fights back, and he ends up getting his first UFC finish, so we don't get to catch the buy decision ah. ticket. Yeah, it hurt. Now, for the record, because, you know, there's some new people to this game. Even though the guy wins, 
but it's not the the result that you say in this case you say uh, decision you don't get anything right that's a loss nothing nothing it's a loss he did not he did not win in the way that we projected him to and it was, it was his first UFC KO shout out to my fellow Georgian you know yeah. it's a it's a hometown hero winning it for me right. so you know we were able to water under the bridge not not too bad for do you us. remember what that was what was uh what was oh. Moravia finish uh, by KO he was. Uh, he was plus four hundred, which is what he wow. got. So if you were holding one of those tickets, that's four. Imagine you nice. were Marab by KO in the second, like you really nailed it. At that point, you're talking yeah. like a twenty to one. <laughs> like you're talking a huge, a huge. I mean, talk about you feel bad for a guy that uh, that had five K on Sano. Imagine that. I bet there were there were many people holding right. a uh, Marias first round KO that had to have been like fifteen to one, twenty to one there. And I mean, you're that close. Like you think it's about to happen, right? Yeah, because he was the dog. He was the dog, like just money line, right? Big dog, like plus two forty. Yeah, which was somewhat surprising, um, considering his resume and and who he's been in there against. Okay, so that's your first loss at that point. First loss, yeah. we're two and one. Parlay is still alive. Um, you know, we live we live to see another day. Side note: Is it a gambling thing to go, to say we? Is that a thing that you guys? Because I noticed like you you <laughs> use little words that I wouldn't necessarily use. Is that a thing? Is it? I, I like to say we. I, I like, like it. To, I like to think some people are riding with me. Okay. And, and you know, typically whoever I'm watching the fights with, they're either betting with me or they're they're cheering for my plays right. as well. It's a, I mean, it's a pretty taboo thing to uh, you know. I get che- cheering against someone from afar, but if you're in the room yeah, with someone annoying. and letting them know that you're cheering against them when they have money on something, I mean, that's just, that's as bad as it gets. There's nothing more annoying than, like, if I'm watching a Bills game, especially when I was a kid, like, I'm watching a Bills game and I'm watching it with a friend who's, like, an Eagles fan. No, Eagles fan. Yeah, so whatever. And the Bills are playing the Patriots, and they're just rooting against the Bills just to be yep. a-holes, right? Like, there's nothing more annoying. I would I've never been in the situation that you're talking about where someone's rooting against you just because they want to see you lose money. Like, at that point, you have to question whether or not this person is a friend. Like, maybe... Right. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you got to be like, dude, come on. Like, it... This is annoying. Yeah. It would happen a lot in my uh, my old job with some coworkers. Really? I mean, you'd have the games on. You're not necessarily best friends with them. And, you know... And they're rooting against you. And now oh, you have to work with these people. Yeah. Yeah, See, this is the situation I got you out of. This is how we get down to New York. This is <laughs> no one is rooting so. against you back there. You think Every- Mysterious Frank is rooting against you? He's freaking riding and dying I mean, with I, you. I might have. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually don't know. Mysterious Frank might have faded, but that's all right because he ended up uh, not doing so well if he did. Okay. Um, all right. So, okay. So, who's next one? All right. So now, uh, you know, we'll we'll just go in sequential yeah. order here. So now we got Andrade to kick off the main card Ooh, okay, in the parlay. Yeah, that was good. We've just lost Marab. We do not want to lose the parlay. That's right. We don't. We don't want the train to get get off the tracks. At this point, we're like, okay, we need to get Andrade. Late money came in on Cavillo. I took Andrade at minus two sixty five. By the time it closed, it was at minus two twenty. Mm. Again, one of those situations where you get kind of kind of worried that the public might know something putting that much m- money on Cavillo. But Andrade comes out as I expected her to. She pretty much dominated that entire first round, and then obviously gets the finish uh, as the round's winding down. So. That was great to continue the parlay with that. And that was just a win. Didn't matter. Just a win. Yeah. Just a win. That's all that's all I had on Drudge. So so Very she keeps impressive. the parlay alive. So now we got one uh, one leg left and that's Valentina inside the distance. But before that, we had Nick Diaz. Mm-hmm. Nick Diaz came out. This one, I said it on the show, it was an emotional play. Um I should have seen the red flags, but I had already put the plays in. Uh, you know, we got the the weight class change. We we got the the interviews going into it, the Ooh. The shadow boxing. Well, Mysterious Frank's not. Gonna I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. This Frank thing is not going to be. Happy how mad are you right now, me, Frank? 
I mean, he's not talking to you, obviously. I mean, I have to make a note of it. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, that happened at uh, 2.49, just for the record. Thank you, sir. Hey, that'll go on your performance review for sure. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. So, yeah, Nick Diaz. I, I, I should have seen some of the red flags. You know, that's that's probably the one play that people were tweeting at me and, and everything. They were like, you should probably change that. And I was like, well, I can't. It's already in. The, the bet has been has been placed, so I can't get this one back. I took him at even money. I think I saw some places he closed as high as, like, plus 145. So, I mean, honestly, going into the night, I had him money line and by KO, so that was two of the three losses. I was kind of going into the night expecting him to lose. Uh, so, you know, technically, I fought back from 0-2 from mm-hmm. to get to 4-3. Um, you know, so technically, with the, with, the, with the ones that I expected to win, we went 4-1. I mean, Mariah, a hometown hero, that's an emotional no. one for me. So 4-0, technically, you know. But, uh, yeah, no, in all, in all seriousness, yeah, I, uh, I did not feel great about Diaz going into that. Now, so obviously you lose that one. And, you know, it was funny. You know, clearly some people didn't listen to your explanation, but they're like, oh, you idiot, you're a noob. Sure. Like, why are you picking Nick Diaz? It was very clear that you were taking a flyer, like you said, an emotional pick. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm not trying to out you as some kind of casual, but you're a little newer to the sport, so you didn't watch Nick Diaz in 2011, right? Exactly. I'm a Nick Diaz highlight watcher. Exactly. And you can fully appreciate... I mean, I've never watched uh, Will Chamberlain live, but I know that he's you know one of the all-time greats. Um, seeing him like that, where you you know, for, I think for me, for the older fans, it was uh, a little bit hard to watch. It was depressing. Uh, you never want to see the greats like that, out of shape slower it's the same thing in basketball right when the guys get whatever Shaq you know he's playing on the Celtics it's just weird this was this was the equivalent of Shaq on the Celtics right he's wearing that Venom jersey it just the whole thing feels off did you feel the same way like could you appreciate just how depressing that was even though you didn't watch him live in his prime I mean when you watch the highlights and everything like the thing that was missing he didn't have that like Nick Diaz flair like he was missing like all the trash talking it seemed like he was just very business-like going into this. Like, he, he was just there to to see out his contract. He wasn't talking all the trash. He wasn't flicking off the camera. He wasn't taunting Lawler mm. in the middle of the fight. He wasn't doing anything like that. So, yeah, I can I can see why people were saying that. The interviews, you know, why did the, why was the fight happening? So, I, yeah, I can see what people were saying with that. Um, in fact, what I was told was part of the problem was he actually likes Robbie. You know, I know they fought 17 years ago and he beat him, but he doesn't have that anger, that animosity, and Nick was always the type of guy, for better or worse, who needed that. Like, when he fought George St. Pierre, and what a moment that was when he walked into the arena and they saw each other in the locker room and they shook hands. Like, it was a beautiful moment, but it was also an indication that this guy grew up and maybe just doesn't have that anger about anyone anymore. And maybe that's a good thing for his everyday life, but not a good thing for his fighting life. And so, especially due to the layoff, the time off, and the age, he needed someone probably that gets the fire. Maybe Masvidal would have been the best guy for him because he doesn't like Masvidal because what he did to his brother and said about his brother, baptizing him and all this stuff. But even at the end, again, when he said, you know, I, I, you know, I, uh, what did he say? Um, that I had that coming or yeah. something like that. Like, man... That's a hard thing to hear from Nick Diaz. And so, again, why I wanted to talk to Caesar here, because when he's talking about why did this fight happen after the fight and before the fight, someone needs to answer that question. And clearly Nick doesn't know the answer because he's asking the question himself. The only guy who really knows the answer is this guy, Kevin, who I mentioned, and, uh, and Caesar. And uh, both are clearly not on the show today. So I'm pissed off. No, 100%. And like to your point, that is something that I noticed the entire week leading up to the fight. There seemed to be zero animosity between right. either of them. Obviously, when the fight ends, Lawler immediately comes. They dap each other up. They bump heads, right. all that. Like there was, 
you know, obviously there's always the respect level, but it, it really did feel like there was there was zero bad blood between them at all. So that one loses. Yeah, so we get the double loss there, right. but the knockout was a very small play. It was it was you know a fifth of a of a normal play. So so that loses. So we move on to Shevchenko. We get the title fight against Lauren Murphy. This one, since I had her inside the distance, yeah, you were sweating a bit. I mean, yeah, she was dominating <laughs> the entire fight. That right. was there was no ifs ands or buts about that. She was dominating the entire fight, but it was like. You know, you, you get into that fourth round, and it's like, well, Murphy's Murphy's never been finished. Is is this just going to be a, a 50-45 for Valentina? Is it just going to be that easy for her, and then she'll just retain the belt? And then, you know, you blink your eyes, and, and it looks like she's going to get the finish, and sure enough, she does. We had to go 19 of the 25 minutes, but she got it done inside the distance for us. So uh, she cashed the parlay. Sometimes in those moments where it's so one-sided and so dominant, they just kind of ride it out. Yeah, and I was right. thinking what, at that point, about. I was thinking come the fourth, I was like, all right, this will be more like the Jennifer Maya fight for Shevchenko and less like the Andrade fight where she doesn't really have that extra gear to end this because you always sort of feel like if she wants to, she can. Not to say that she's not giving it her all, but it's just, you know, sometimes different styles, different moods, whatever. But then she gets it. So I'm sure you were psyched at that moment. Like oh, it was shit. never in doubt from the first couple minutes of the fight, but uh, you were probably sweating come the third, fourth oh, round. Oh, no, yeah. Once, that, once you get into the fourth <laughs> round and, you, and you, got the, you got the finish prop, you definitely start getting a little bit nervous. But, I mean, whenever you catch a, pl- a parlay, it feels good, and, and Valentina got us done for it. So now we're, we're sitting pretty good going into the Volkanovski mm-hmm. fight. We, we've got the potential to, you know, barely miss a profit if Volkanovski loses outright. Profit decent if he gets the win, and then have a have a good little day of profit if he gets it by decision. So, uh, <laughs> wow, that uh, this one this one took a couple of years off my life. Yeah. I don't even know if it was worth it. I mean, that third <laughs> round you should have seen me dancing around my apartment. I'm I'm getting into every different position I can, like trying to watch the TV. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was done. He gets out. He gets back into the triangle. I think he's done again. <laughs> I mean, I'm having I'm having panic attacks. And then when he does get out, he's standing over Brian, just just pounding him into the ground. So you're like, oh, they're going to call the finisher. They're going to call the finish. But at that point, with how dangerous Brian is, I was like, just 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 give me the win. Just right. give me the win. Like I I won't get greedy and take the decision. But I mean, Ortega hung tough, and and they went all 25 minutes. I couldn't believe it. And then, and it was a nice feeling. Uh, when it went 25, because you knew it was it was Volkanovski by the. You must have been exhausted after that fight. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I was I, worried about you, let alone I don't Alex. Take anything away <laughs> from Volkanovski. I mean, but he's in good cardio shape. I I may have yeah. been more tired than he was. Yes, it was. Um, you know, so have you ever done that big of a bet on one singular night in MMA? Uh, yeah. This is this is like a typical. Okay, this for is pay per view. Okay, for pay per views, but it's sort of. I love the fact that you got to experience that and hopefully others with you as well because I think MMA, perhaps it, it's sort of like a mini football day because there's all these different things going on, not at the same time, but it's like one large, you know, there's not, you know, there obviously there are nights when there's a ton of NBA, college basketball, et cetera. But if you can follow along with the card, especially with the parlay, that's why I think the parlay is always fun, tougher to hit because the sport is so crazy and uh, unpredictable. But you can go through that range of emotions from beginning to the end of the card. It's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, it's a fun way to get emotionally invested in the card, in the fighters, in the storylines, in the outcomes. And so for your first time, I feel like you're, uh, you're out of the gate, sitting yeah, pretty man. well. We're, we're happy with it. We're happy to, to start uh, in, in the plus money territory with some profits. You know, I'll obviously keep track of everything. Uh, on so right now, what's your profit? 
plus 0.373 units. So if you're if you're a hundred dollar unit better, mm-hmm. like just for example to make it simple, you profited three hundred seventy three dollars. Okay. That would that so I think that's a fun thing to keep track of. Like end of the year we check in, are you plus whatever units, minus yep. whatever units? Um, and we'll keep this going. That's the only way to keep it honest, yeah, man. The, the, was, uh, so the plan is on Monday we can recap and on Wednesday we can look ahead. Let's do it, man. Yeah, we got we got another pretty good card this weekend. A lot of people coming off losses, so yes. uh, it should be interesting. But yeah, man, Saturday was a blast. Uh, I had a lot of a lot of friends that took me pick for pick, so it was fun to ride with them. And uh, yeah, like you said, man, it's like a it's like a football afternoon when you're going for six seven hours on a, on an entire card. It's uh, it's a good time. But enough from me, man. We got a uh, we got a legend on the line. We do. We have Anderson. I just want to say uh, before we get to the Anderson interview, hopefully he doesn't show, uh, no show because now I'm going to have you know. Um, yeah, I'm just going to be worried about this. I can confirm this. he's there. He's oh, there. you see him? Oh, I'm going to talk oh, okay, to him okay, okay. as soon as I get out of uh, here. G- give me uh, you, whatever you want on Wednesday, but I'd love to, I'd love a sprinkle of Bellator on Friday if you can get oh, something let's there. Do it. Okay, let's do a little, give me a little, uh, yes, a cross, cross promotion, here, a little cross card. All right, yeah. okay, there he is, GC joining us with his uh, picks. Uh, that will be on Wednesday. We'll get uh, picks for Saturday, and we'll get picks for uh, Sunday. No. Friday. What am I talking about? Friday. I'm all out of sorts here because of the uh, the no-show. Could you believe it? Yes. Okay. I got that. I got that. We'll figure this out. Look, you know, we give you the biggest names in the sport each and every Monday and Wednesday now. These things happen, especially now when you up the amount of times we're doing shows. I'm assuming things uh, these things happen. I will say, though, we've had a pretty good run as of late. Obviously, COVID was different because we weren't live. Um, but we've had a pretty good run as of late with, uh, you know, with everyone showing up. And so this bums me out. But uh, unlike Dan Hooker, I'm one who likes to lament things and worry about things and stew over things and be mad about things and worry about things that I can't control. I wish I was more like Dan Hooker, if I'm being honest. So I'll probably stew over this one for quite some time. But we do need to change directions now and turn our attention to an absolute legend, a person who has delivered some amazing moments over the past few months for us. One of the stories of the year, in my opinion, uh, a year ago, October of 2020, we were watching him fight Uriah Hall, and it was a bit of a sad ending to his UFC career. And since then, he has turn back the clock. He's in the discussion, in my opinion, for comeback fighter of the year, uh, regardless of sport, because as you know, he has crossed over to the world of boxing, which is something he has wanted to do for quite some time. Remember when he was in his prime, when he was UFC champion, he was pleading to box. He wanted to box uh, Roy Jones Jr., and unfortunately, they, uh, they did not oblige, and then he returns in the in the summertime against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and completely dominates him, outclasses him. One of the one of the most enjoyable fights I have ever watched. To see Anderson moving like that, dancing like that, just doing his thing at his age after the past few fights to look like that, it was unbelievable. And everyone, the whole MMA community was so happy for Anderson. And then he comes back and he wallops Tito Ortiz on that Triller card just a couple of weeks ago. And so now he is sitting pretty. And in my opinion, one of the biggest free agents in the world of boxing, let alone MMA. And so without further ado, let us go to the legend himself, the spider. There he is, Anderson Silva. Hey, hello, everyone. 
How are you, my Hi, friend? How are you, my brother? Oh, my gosh, Anderson. I wish I could hug you right now. What a story this has become this year. <laughs> you got your hand wraps on. Are you about to go train? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I still train. I just stopped for talk to you because, oh my God. you know, you're amazing. You're, you're a legend. I stopped my training just for talk to you. Thank you so much. That, I'm, that means a lot. We won't keep you too long, Anderson. Thank you so much for this. So, Anderson. Don't worry. Take your time. I appreciate it. You're, you're so great. Um, how do you feel about what's happened to you this year? If I would have talked to you last year, October, when you're fighting Uriah Hall, and I would have said to you, Anderson, in 2021, this is going to happen to you. You're going to go to boxing. You're going to beat Julio Cesar Chavez. You're going to be you know, making all this noise, do all this stuff in boxing, where you always wanted to be for the last 10 years. Would you have believed me that this would have turned out this way for you? I mean, I'm not done. You know, I just... I try to enjoy every single moment I come to the gym and do my job, you know, and learn something new on every day. I'm, I'm so happy, you know. I'm lucky because God gave me the great opportunity for continue come and do my best. When's the last time you were having this much fun? Because it seems like you're having a lot of fun again, Anderson. And it felt to me like towards the end of your time in the UFC, you weren't having this much fun. Does it feel like it's been a while since you were having this much fun with your fighting career? You know, it's for me is uh, it's tough talking about UFC because I don't have nothing bad for talking about UFC. You know, and uh, uh, I think everything I do inside UFC is is good for me. It's good for UFC. I help to the company make this sport huge in the world, you know, and uh, I'm not trying to do something, oh, I'm the best or anything else, but I help this sport come in different level, you know, and um, I, I'm so happy, you know, I'm so happy because right now I, I do everything I like to do, you know, I fight boxing because this is my dream and um, very soon I go I go fight uh, jiu-jitsu, gi, and no gi, too, you know. And I, my last goal is go to Thailand and fight Muay Thai, you know, in the, the same level. And uh, I, I'm just continuing doing my, my job step by step, you know. Right now, I don't, I don't have too much press in my back. And I try to enjoy, you know. I try to enjoy my life. I try to learn everything, uh, uh the people try to teach me, my coach, you know, and I try to enjoy my life. So when is the jujitsu happening? I don't know. I talked to my coach. I talked to Coach uh, Hamon. I talked to Coach De La, De La Riva. And um, um, I go start vacation and I think in three or four weeks. And I go to Brazil for training jujitsu with Coach De La Riva. And we'll see. I don't know. I, I just waiting for the good opportunity and a good moment for that. But so, for sure, I go do that. Okay. Um, so th there's the boxing, there's the jiu-jitsu, there's the Muay Thai. Do you think no more MMA, right? You don't need to do MMA, right? Uh, What's the point? I mean, I don't know. Everything's possible, but, you know, it's not in my mind fight MMA again, you know? But let me tell you something. You know, I when I start fight MMA, is is a different time because it's for honor, respect, for uh, 
prove the respect and show you how much your team is staying inside your heart and the martial, martial arts respect. And right now, everything's changed because the world's changed. But for me, it's good to continue to do my best in the old stuff, in the different uh, disciplines, you know, because I think everything I can do for MMA, I do my best, you know. And right now, it's, I think it's part of my life is done, it's over, you know. Did you happen to watch this weekend your old friend Nick Diaz fought? Did you happen to see that? Wow, I'm so happy, you know. And I, wow, I I talking about this fight uh, for uh, doing again the fight rematch with Nick Diaz when I'm in UFC. But I mean, the then I say, oh, Nick Diaz don't don't come fight, don't don't fight anymore, and blah blah blah. But it's fine, you know. I'm sad because. Nicky Diaz never do the, this, uh, the stop the fight. You know, right. I'm sad because Nicky Diaz is strong in uh, honor fighter, you know, but I believe in Nicky Diaz go back strong and uh, better. And I pray for him. I pray for him. Isn't that the fear of all the fighters? You know, like he didn't, we never seen him like that. And he looked a little bit out of shape. We don't want to see Nick Diaz like that, right? We want to see the old Nick Diaz. We want to see Anderson looking like you're looking this year. Do you ever worry about that people have conversations about you at some point? Like, oh, maybe it's time for him to stop fighting. This is getting uncomfortable. This is the fear I would think of most fighters, right? You you never want to get to that point. Well, that's I talk to my kids all the time. And mm. I teach my kids because my stepdad teach me that. You never stop. The people can't say for you, you stop. You're done. You need to say that for you, for yourself, and God. I need to talk to you and say, you need to stop right now. But, you know, I, ne I never can't say for anybody, oh, you can't fight anymore because you're old, because you're this or that. You know, this is the very personal, you know, and uh, different people have the different mind. You know, and um, for me, it's different because my stepdad teach me uh, to continue to do my best. doesn't matter happen in my life. You know, it's bad or good, continue to do your best. And the martial arts give me the, the, the every single energy and uh, every single uh, ability to continue fighting in good level, you know, and uh, sometimes you lose, of course, because behind the, the, the fighters is the human being, you know, you have emotions, you have problems and you don't go win the whole time, you know, and when you lost, it's part the something big in your mind when you, when you think about you lost, but that's not the last fight in your life. This is, is not the, the first time you lost in your life. You, you can do something better. Just think about and make something better in your life. When you believe in yourself, you can do anything, you know. You have always struck me, Anderson, as a very confident person. You believe in yourself. But um, going into the first boxing match earlier this year against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., did you 
perhaps exceed your own expectations? Did you think you would look that good in the fight? Did you think you would win like that? And it looked like we were watching Anderson of 10 years ago. Did you even surprise yourself or you expected all of that? Let me tell you something, my friend. This is the first time I'm talking about that. I just, when I doing my last fight in UFC, I back to my home and I rest for one week in back training. And I back training and I'm back to sparring and back to the normal training, MMA training. And one month, I take vacation, I go to Brazil and continue training in Brazil. But in Brazil, I train only boxing and jiu-jitsu. And the guys call me and say, oh, you're interested to fight boxing? And I say, yes, why not? And the guys say, you don't like to ask me about your opponent? No, who is Julio Cesar Chavez Jr.? I say, whoa, <laughs> that's a good challenge for my mind. You know, I, I think that's the good moment for I prove how much I love boxing, how much I respect boxing. And I call my coach and say, hey, look, guys, I'm, I'm, I have a good and bad news. And my coach say, what is the bad news? The bad news is the guys asked me to fight boxing. And my coach uh, daughter say, okay, what is the best news? The best news is in three months. <laughs> and my coach say, coach daughter say, you crazy, but you ready for that? You like to do that? Let's go do it. But nobody asked me about the opponent. Wow. And, um, when I talked, continue to talk to Coach Doria, and uh, Coach Doria asking, who's your opponent? And I say, Coach, I think that's the more scared and interesting part is the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Coach Doria say, what? Really? Okay. Let's go, let's go start training because that's a hard fight, you know? And you can do that. You can do that. And I call Coach Nico and say, Coach, um, I go fight boxing with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And Coach Nico say, how many rounds? I say, eight. And Coach Nico say, mm, eight rounds. Let's go working hard. And I back to United States and start training with Coach Nico. And Coach daughter come and I start training. But in my mind, is completely different for the other fighters, I think, because I don't put in my mind I'm scared or the guy go win. And I just put in my mind, say, you know what? That's the opportunity I have in my life to prove my respect for boxing community, you know, and how much I love this sport. Because I believe in when you prepare your mind, you prepare your body. Doesn't matter your job. Doesn't matter your professional job. You stay ready when you prepare yourself for the opportunity. The opportunity come for you. Doesn't matter you go win. You make successful not in your job, because sometimes you don't make successful in the first time. You need more experience in everything, and that's I I think about the fight with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I say, you know what, I go do my best and I 
I, I can't put in my mind now, you know, this doesn't matter happened in the past. I lost, but right now I go win. I go win because I don't need to prove nothing for anybody, but I need to prove for myself how much I love this sport and how much I can do anything in my life. You know, that's a, I working hard, training hard, and uh, I win the fight, you know. And I, I believe in God, give the everything for you when you put in your heart, when you put in something clean in your mind, in your heart, you know. And um, that's I win. Thank you, God, oh, you know. It was amazing. It's one of my favorite fights of the year. It was so great to see you out there moving like the old Anderson, having fun and beating a legend. Because let's be honest, a lot of the MMA guys who have gone over to boxing haven't done very well and so to see you get a win like that over a quality opponent was great and then you go to Triller and that was a bit of a weird one with uh, Tito Ortiz I was hoping that you would fight another boxer not another MMA fighter I was hoping you would continue on the boxing path but you get Tito who's a name and uh, the whole promotion was just a little funky how did you feel about Triller like being because I can I tell you Anderson when you were a part of it I felt like you were removed from the whole thing like the whole thing was a bit of a crazy circus and i was like anderson is looking at this like you you have a lot of respect and you're a legend martial arts and i thought that you didn't want to get involved in all the craziness of the thing am i right about that it felt like you were just kind of away from it all yeah you know i uh, my friend i i i respect the sport you know i respect the mma i respect the, the whole uh different martial arts in boxing a lot of people die for make boxing huge in the world. A lot of people suffering. A lot of people dying for boxing come huge in the world. I can't come inside the sport and don't do my best. You know, I can't come inside the boxing world, the, the boxing community. It don't prove how much I respect this sport, you know. That's what I do in my sport in MMA. That's what I do in Muay Thai when I fight Muay Thai. That's what I do in boxing when I fight amateur boxing. That's what I do when I train in Jiu-Jitsu, when I start fighting Jiu-Jitsu, you know? And uh, I think the respect and show respect for the, the, the story, the every single sport is important, you know? And the people behind that, you know, the coach, the, the masters, every single person you know because it's not the promoters sometimes don't want to stand that it's only one thing numbers but the fighters when you want to stand that you show more respect and enjoy the moment you make something special because every single person watching you know that feel that you know is I think that's my personal opinion. You know, that's what I try to do every day. I try to do my best. I try to change. I try to uh, uh, learn something new one, you know. And it, it's, it's incredible because God is perfect, you know, and give the opportunity for every single person when you open your mind for learn something new one, you know. So was that just one fight with Triller or do you now have multiple fights with Triller? Oh, I have more fights. Yes, I have more fights. So you're... Your next fight will be with Triller too? Yes. I mean, I have fight with Triller, but I don't I don't stay uh in the the contract. My contract with Triller is no hold me for only fight Triller. Oh, okay. You know, because I 
in the past. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I signed a contract <laughs> in you. See, I can do uh, my dreams real, you know, and uh, that's I lose the time to fight with Roy Jones Jr. Because the moment is special for everybody, you know, and I opened the door for UFC make this happen today for a long time ago, you right. know, because I knew it, this is coming. And I, I just opened the mind. I tried to open the mind for uh, UFC for make this, you know. And but in the moment, the guys don't don't understand the, the how much this is important, how much this change, you know. Right now, the world's change, you know, and the guys doing something special. So your next fight, do you have it yet? Do you know when your next fight is going to be? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have the next fight ready. But probably next year, probably next year, I do two more fights, you know, maybe with Thriller, maybe outside the Thriller. But yeah, I continue work with Thriller. I have contract with Thriller, but this is no hold me it's to not fight in the other. Yeah, it's okay. not exclusive. If it were up to you, Anderson, who's next? Who do you want to fight next? Um, I mean, I don't know. I just... Prepare my body, prepare my mind for continue fighting the, the, the good level. And uh, when I finished the fight with Tito and I saw my in my Twitter and uh, my Instagram, everybody talked, oh, you need to fight with Mayweather and blah, blah, blah. I, said, I don't know. That's insane, you know. I, I don't know I can't fight in the same level for Mayweather. But this is a good challenge for me. And I, I don't know, maybe this happened or not. You know, and um, I'm prepared for that. You know, I just uh, try to do my best every day. And I think this is good fight. You know, me and Mayweather is two big names and uh, in a different level. You know, it's, I, I go try to, to prove uh, why I'm, I'm there to fight with Mayweather. But I don't know if this is happening or not, but I'm wow. prepared for Good challenge in myself. That would be, but that would be a big size difference. No, aren't you a lot bigger than Mayweather? He's like one fifty four. Uh, yeah, you know when I when he when I people talking about that, I say that I, I I say the same. You know, I'm too big, but you know Mayweather fight with uh, uh, Logan Paul, and I why is don't I can't fight too. I can't put in a one one. Mm, 89, one, 190, and fight with uh, Mayweather, you know? I don't know. Let's go see. Of course, this fight is come. This happened. Is a, is a show fight. It's not a real fight. But I think that's good. You know, let's go see, you know? What about Jake Paul? Your your old uh, promoter, Dana White, trying to he's trying to make Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. He keeps talking about it. What do you think of that? Well, a lot of people talking about that, you know, and uh, I'm just waiting, you know. I, I, I'm preparing my mind. I'm preparing my body. I train every day with my coach to do my best, you know, and I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there was some talk of you and Logan Paul, right? Wasn't there some talk before this Tito fight? How serious was that? Yeah, a lot of people talking about that. A lot of people talking about that, you know. But I, I, I respect the both kids, you know, because the kids are so smart. Yeah. And uh, but I prefer staying my my side, training hard, and don't say something 
about the kids because the kids are doing the good job. Yeah. And the people need to respect the Bulls because both kids are doing something special. You know, the kids uh, prove this world's change, you know. Do you think it's a possibility to fight Roy Jones or do you think that that ship has sailed? Um, I don't know. You know, Gary, everything is possible, you know. And uh, I just, right now I just keep straight my folks in training. I come every day and train with my coach and learn every single details in boxing, you know, the different level. And a lot of professional boxing come to the gym to uh, show me something uh, special for boxing movements, you know. And I'll see. I, I'm stay ready. I prepare myself for do my best. What did you think of the Evander Holyfield situation, Anderson? Did you think that that was sad? Should that fight have happened? I can't, I can't say it's, it's bad or not, but I believe in one thing. The fight with... Uh, uh, okay, let me give the example for you. I go fight with uh, Mr. Van der Holyfield. I try to enjoy the moment and feel the fight. Why? Because this man change the word and give the opportunity for a come fight boxing. And okay, I'm win or no win, but I do my best. And when you knock him out, the man, the same uh, Mr. Vanderhall feud, and you enjoy and rah, you don't prove respect. Mm. You know, you don't prove respect. And, um, that's my coach teach me uh, every day. You know, when I fight Tito, I don't do nothing crazy. Oh, I win. I, I, I'm, I'm working hard for win. But I don't go to respect. I don't go prove, oh, I'm, uh, it, I don't know. I, it's not your style. The different people have the different opinion and the different reaction. You know, I think the fight with Mr. Uh, Holyfield is a, uh, Show for the people, you know, move and uh, it's a training, you right. know, it's not. I mean, that's my opinion. Uh, how are you and Vitor now? Because seeing you both up there was a little bit weird. We hadn't seen you guys together for, for a long time. I mean, I, I respect everybody, you know, I don't have a relationship with Vitor, you know, everybody knows that. Yeah. And but I respect a lot and I don't, I don't have a um, nothing for talking about Vitor, you know. He's a he's an amazing fighter, you know. He's a make a lot of success for MMA, and the same me, you know, and make successful. And I I don't have nothing to talking about Vitor. Okay, it, it, and just a couple more things. Is it true you gave Tito your plane ticket? He said that you gave him your seat in uh, first class. Is that true after the fight? Oh yeah, it's the same flight, you know. It's the same flight and uh, back to home, but I'm alone. And Tito is stay with your wife, yeah. and I say, and Tito sit down uh, close to me, and I say, you know what, Tito, you can't, your wife can't sit down here. Let's go change the ticket, and I go, I go back, I go uh, sit in the back. You know, it's, it, it's nothing. You know, it's just, I mean, 
a lot of people think is, oh, you do this for become successful. No, because Tito don't need you talking about Tito talking about that. You know, I just give the seat because Tito sit down with your wife, you know, and I, I'm alone. I just sit down in the back and it's done. You know, Amazing. I feel that's my, my part to do my part. Right. You know, that's, I feel inside my heart. Respect. Um, George St. Pierre was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame last week. Do you want to be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame? Man, this is not important for me. You know, that's not important for me. In Portuguese, I learned something with my friends and my dad too. Ser e não aparecer. That's in Portuguese. But, you know, I, that's not mean? important for me. If you... Everybody knows who's Anderson Silva yeah. inside the cage for many, many years. You know, I started my career uh, in Brazil. I fight in Japan. I fight in Korea. I fight in different countries. And I prove my respect. I prove my valor for this sport. And I don't, I don't think about that, you know. This has happened, good. This has not happened, good too. Okay. That, that saying that you just said in Portuguese, what does that mean? Um, I don't know, say that in, in English, but in Portuguese is ser e não aparecer, you know, it's, is it like whatever yeah. happens, happens? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Okay. Um, we, and we also found out that John Jones got in trouble again. What, what, what do we do about John Jones? You, you and him have a great relationship. How does he fix things? How does he get back on track? I don't know what happened with John right. Jones, but you know, I, I'm feel sad in because John Jones, I feel John Jones is my little brother. And, uh, you know, that's the, I listen with my manager whole time, auto sabotage, you know, yeah. that's come to, to make something bad in your life, you know, and uh, John Jones don't need that. He's a, He's an amazing person, you know, and uh, I, I'm feel sad, you know, it's, it's tough to me to be talking about John Jones, you know. I'm so thankful, uh, Anderson, that you're getting a chance to box because those who have been watching you and covering you for so long knew how much this meant to you. So I'm so thankful that you, you were able to do it before it was too late. And I'm also so thankful, Anderson, that you're able to do interviews with us in English. And I feel like we missed out on 15 years of Anderson Silva interviews because you wow, didn't. So this I, is so great. Yeah, you know, I need you back to school because I stopped the school because of training and work and blah, blah, blah. But I need you back to school. I go back and I promise my English come better and better. And I follow your son on Instagram. He looks great, Anderson. Your son, I saw a couple of his fights. I think he could be better than you maybe one day. He looks amazing. What's, uh, oh, probably. Kail? Probably. Kail? Kalil, yeah. Kalil. Kalil and Gabriel training a lot. You know, Kalil come every day, train with me and Coach Nico, with Eliezer and... Uh, uh, little Nico, you know, in the learn everything, it's come better and better. You know, I'm so happy because uh, doesn't matter how you come fighter or not, the martial arts change your life, help to come better man, you know, and that's great. I'm I'm so happy, you know, training and come every day with my kids and learn something with my coach. You know, I'm I'm so happy. 
What a life. Anderson, thank you so much. I appreciate it, my friend. Congrats thank on the you, two Harry. wins. Thank you so much. And look forward to the next one. Next year, you're back in boxing, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. You're an unbelievable uh, inspiration, Anderson. So thank you. I really appreciate you yes, coming on. thank you so much. God bless you, my friend. Say hi for everybody watching us. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. There he is. Obrigado. Anderson Silva, Bye. the spider. And uh, parabéns to him. Congratulations on uh, the big win over Tito Ortiz. And uh, it kind of hits you in the heart there when he, when he refers to, uh, to John Jones as his younger brother. Uh, a very sad situation. You hope that, you know, how many times have we said this, that he can figure things out and, and get back on track before it's too late. Uh, he's had a lot of opportunities to get back on track. And unfortunately, you know, I, I'll never forget, I, uh, I had John in studio. <clears throat> I think this was, when was this? October... Was this like October or November of 2018? It was like early on in my time at ESPN. He was in studio and I asked him, hey, are, you know, in 10 years, what's, what's, what's going to happen? What, what's the story going to be on you? You know? Is it going to be, oh, you had this trouble and then you figured things out? Is it going to be that you had, you know, all this other stuff um, going on that plagued you throughout your your?" your your last years as a fighter and, and who knows, you know, like the, the Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry thing. And he said something to the effect of like, man, I'm a wild man. I, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be out of trouble for 10 years. And I think that's when we kind of knew, like wasn't ready to change, isn't going to change, whatever you want to say. And so this stuff, unfortunately, you, you read it and you see it and you're like, damn. Again, and especially tied to the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's never a good time to get in trouble, but tied to the Hall of Fame just hours after you're being celebrated and you're back out in public and people are excited about you and, and reminiscing about that great fight. Uh, you know, we, we wait and, and, and find out about what the, uh, you know, the actual details of the incidents were, but just a bummer. In any event, let us end on a high note, my friends. Uh, I started the show talking about Saturday night's main event I started the show talking about how I feel like this man, our next guest, doesn't get the respect that he deserves, doesn't get the love that he deserves, doesn't get the attention that he deserves. I feel like that is now changing in front of our eyes. I talked about how I am in awe of what he did on Saturday. I'm in awe of the heart, the will, the determination, the skill, the athleticism that he showed on Saturday, in particular in that third round, how 99.9% .9 of the human beings walking this earth right now, quit in that moment, tap out in that moment, go to sleep in that moment, don't come back for more in that moment, let alone what happened later on in the fight. I'm talking specifically about the guillotine, but let, let alone what happened later on in that round with the triangle. I am just so impressed, um, blown away by what Alex Volkanovsky did, and it was beautiful to see him at that Raider game on Sunday afternoon, getting an ovation, getting love, being treated like the champion and the legend that he is. And so without further ado, let us go to the Zoom machine and say hello to the reigning, defending UFC featherweight champion. Let me stand up for him right now. Let me stand up for Alex. Yeah. This guy right here. What a performance, my friend. What a performance, Alex. I'm in awe of you. I mean, it happened 48 hours ago, a little less. I can't believe what you did. One of my favorite fights, maybe the greatest round that I've ever seen in a title fight, round three. Congratulations, my friend. That was truly something that I don't think many people on earth could pull off. You did it. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it was a, 
yeah, crazy ride this uh, this whole thing. But mate, that was a fun fight, fun. And uh, as you said, man, yeah, finally getting that uh, recognition that I feel like I deserve, which is, which is pretty cool. But yeah, just thankful to be in the position I'm in right now. Do you agree with me? Do you feel like something has changed since Saturday that people are viewing you differently? Oh yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's only been uh, it's only been a couple of days, but yeah, it definitely definitely uh, feels different. I'm still on a, on a high from the whole thing, man. It was a you know a good experience, and yeah, stoked. You you know what pissed me off, Alex? It was the hate that you got after the second Holloway fight because, like I said. You didn't score that fight for yourself. You just went out there and fought. And then for some reason, you're getting hate as opposed to the judges who are getting hate or the people who put the judges in that position. Like, you just went out and did your job. And now I feel like that's all a distant memory. Like, people are like, holy smokes, 20 in a row for this guy, undefeated in the UFC, undefeated as a featherweight. Like, we need to start respecting this man more. And I know you wanted the finish, Alex, but let's be honest. And I know you don't want to get beat up and and cut and stuff. Fights like that take you to a different level, right? As far as popularity, like that's almost better than a 10 second knockout, is it not? Yeah, well, it's funny, man. This, uh, this, this sport we're in, yeah, entertainment business, like uh, you can go out there and absolutely shut someone out, the whole, you know, just look too good for them. And, you know, people will be like, oh, whatever. Then you go, go have a bit of a, a battle, cop a few extra punches, and people uh, think you're, you're a world, world beater for it. So, <laughs> so it's, a, it's a definitely a, a weird one, but I mean, that's a, I'm just glad we put on a, a fight in front of the crowd, you know what I mean? Like a, a fun fight, you know, entertainment, entertainment. Uh, you know, the whole thing was 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 cool, you know what I mean? I, we've, we've been in lockdown back home and there's nothing happening back home. So the whole week with crowds and whatnot was just incredible. And then uh, to, to finish uh, the whole experience with, with a fight like that uh, was, was great. So, yeah, again... Still not high. We actually watching the. We were just watching the, the fight. I uh, got up to the third round, but oh my god! Now we're uh, chatting to you. Wait, you got? I haven't watched it. Yeah, this is that's the first time. This is the first. You're watching it right now in the background. Well, I, I'm not. Well, the boys are. Like we were just watching it before we uh, before I chucked on. Oh jeez. The micro with you. What so. bad timing. I'm sorry oh, yeah. for taking you away. No, from No, no, no. That's all good. That's all good. And I was just trying to kill some time. <laughs> Wait. So is this the first time you sit down and watch it? Yeah. Oh my right. god. So I still, I still haven't seen the last two rounds, but. Mate, let me tell you that that third round. Yeah, obviously everyone's going nuts about that third third round. It was a pretty incredible. Let me tell you, that that was deep. You know, especially that guillotine. It was deep. And you're right. Not many people could probably pull that off and, and get out of get out of that. Especially with someone like Ortega uh, applying them submissions. So, you know, that was a, just shows you the type of human being that I that I am. And like you know, we talk about hard work and never never die attitude. And, you know, that whole thing. You know, I've always talked about it. But you know, that was just a good example of that but I mean mate let me tell you he, he, you know he did he got helped up yeah, we just seen that then I feel like you, you literally stayed on the ground like he was done um, the, the corner picked him up he was on the floor for 10 seconds and they picked him up which you're actually not allowed to do so should have been the TKO but in saying that at least we end up uh, having a, a couple extra crazy rounds uh, anyway so it was alright but I mean yeah even when they were asking him questions I remember and we're just watching it then he's looking the wrong way he's wobbling uh, mate they gave him a whole extra minute. I don't even know how they were even allowed to do that. But anyway, like I said, huh. we, we, we got to fight another two rounds and put on a, a good show for everyone. So at the time, I'm just like, what are you doing? All right, well, he, he looks done anyway. Let's just pour it on him. And then uh, for some reason, he he was, uh, yeah, still, 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 still looks sharp and still looks strong. So credit to him. So I will ask you about the aftermath there in a second. But in the moment, the guillotine, could you tell us how close you were 
to either going out or tapping out? Like, how close were you? It was close. It was uh, really, really close. It was, uh, yeah, so obviously I, I'm going to fight, you know what I mean? But I was at a stage where I was like, you know, even you almost like it was uh, changing color. Not changing color, but I mean, I was like, oh, no. I remember even thinking, oh, there was like a, uh, you know, you, you watch movies and they talk about, you know, your, your life flashes before your eyes type thing. <laughs> so I had like a little moment like that. Honestly, I'm not lying. It was a moment where it was that deep and I'm like, kept fighting. I'm like, oh no, this is this, this is it. You know, I'm not taking the belt back home to my family. I remember thinking of my family in that moment, uh, which is pretty cool. So that's shit you yeah. see in the movie, you know what I mean? But it was, that's what I was honestly thinking about. I was like, this can't be how I lose my belt. There's no way, you know what I mean? And I, I just obviously kept fighting and, uh, before you know it, I just got got a little bit of space, and then I was all good. Uh, so yeah, man, it was a uh, again. Most people would have tapped or just completely gave up because it was not my. Or anything I could, but my mate just eventually gave me that space, and it was all good. But again, man, just hey, resilience, and just you know what I mean, and just <laughs> never, never die attitude. It's crazy. Uh, believe it or not, I was actually thinking about your family as well in that moment, watching it, because I remember you saying, I'm bringing this home. When you did the interview on Monday, was sitting, the belt was, the, this thing is coming home with me. And I was wondering, I mean, here I am, here I'm watching it, I'm not in the moment. I'm like, is there anything going on in this man's head in that moment? Can you even think of anything? And you're actually thinking about your family and not, you know, disappointing them and not being able to bring back the belt, which is just amazing. For those that may not know, like, what do you do in that situation to try to get out of it? Is it just praying that he gets tired? Are you trying to maneuver your neck? What were you doing there? Because it looked like it was tight as hell. It looked like you can't possibly have a tighter guillotine than that. No, you couldn't get a tighter guillotine than that. Uh, but, you know, every even the way he positions his legs straight away, for him to wrap up that neck and and his leg position straight away, like behind my back, like uh, the the way he does that. So it makes it a bit harder for me to control his hips. Uh, so I was trying to do that, push his legs a bit further down so I can lift his hips up, give me that little bit of space, uh, which he did a great job of uh, keeping his hips down and, and staying glued to me that way. But yeah, I was hand fighting with the other hand a little bit to just pull on his arm. You could probably see in a couple of shots where I just made a little bit of space and then like, you know, just trying to make the littlest bit of a, uh, of space between you know my, my neck and shoulders and things like that and it was just enough but again every even me just keeping my legs just trying to make you know there was a few things that i had to i had to do so there's a uh even uh, talking with uh, craig jones there was a like there's a, a leg kick thing that i won't give too much information he, he, he will kill me but i mean i was doing little things like that but just i tried absolutely everything <laughs> you know what i mean there was hand fighting there was me trying to lift his hips up there was me trying to shake my legs just to get my butt out a little bit further uh, then me just, you know, obviously trying to open up my neck and like, you know, make, make that little bit of space. So the, it was just do whatever you could and uh, survive till, till he, he gets us. What a legend Craig Jones is to have him in your, in your corner, in your locker room before the fight. I know it's great. Uh, Dan Hooker was telling us that he was kind of going through some things with you before the, uh, the fight in the locker room. So he wasn't nervous watching you because he knew that you had that knowledge. And then you get out of that. And then moments later, you're in his signature move. You're in the triangle. Are you thinking to yourself, ah, crap, how did I, I just escaped that. Now I'm in this one. Because then I was like, all right, maybe Alex is too tired at this point. Maybe he's spent. Maybe that's it. What are you thinking in that moment? Uh, mate, the, the the guillotine was that tight that the triangle felt like nothing. So uh, you know what I mean. Uh, surviving that guillotine was a, uh, I was like, all right, all good. I was in the triangle and I was like, oh, ah, yeah, I'm all right now. So let's just. Uh, he done well. He grabbed his leg. Although, you know, I was pretty lazy on my behalf to, uh, to, you know, obviously I was just wanting to rain down some bombs and you know, I was uh, heat of the moment. 
crowd going nuts. So I just started swinging. Uh, but yeah, he got the triangle. Uh, leg was in the bad position. He even got the leg and it was deep. Like, you know, there's not much of a better position you can be in that triangle. And again, it's, it's fucking Brian Ortega doing it. So he's known for that. But I mean, it was, again, just that resilience and I uh, just made sure I was making that little bit of space. And then I felt like I, I had a bit of space. So then I just started trying to, you know, pull, pull, pull my head out and sort of lift him up and then things like that. And we got out. But I knew that after them submissions that he was going to be more gas than me. So that's why that's why you see me just get straight on him, you know what I mean? Because I knew that he would have put everything into them submissions like he did. So he, he was pretty spent. And then some of them, that ground and pound that I was landing, mate, like, uh, <laughs> you know, I said, like, yeah, he's durable. But, I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel like I even said, you know, if, if he is as tough as, uh, as you know, as he looks and durable, the ref's going to have to stop it. But, I mean, he, the ref could have definitely stopped it in, in between the rounds. Like, you know, the, I think uh, – you know, but I think that's in the rules. We, you know, the, the fight was done. But uh, you know, he's I mean credit to him. You know, I said I said some things uh, about him. You know, I said uh, you know he doesn't have my respect, and you know what I mean. He's just looking for the easy ways out and all this type of stuff. But mate, you know how can you not uh, show respect or you know what I mean uh, towards someone like that? Like after he was done, mate. I even think that he was like he knew he was done and was waiting for the ref to literally go, yeah. all right, that's it, fight over. So I knew that he was in that position. And I'm like, man, that's it. Like, uh, even if it, the ref does for some reason let him go, he's done. You know what I mean? Like, how's he going to, yeah, but then he's still, still sharp. But it was like he went from not being able to stand up straight to he was back in the fight straight away. I was like, oh, man, I still got to be careful with this bloke. He's like <laughs> tough as hell, man. Like, you know what I mean? So it was, uh, yeah, again, I'm going to be calculated, but I thought, um, by that by that stage, he would have been definitely done. But hey, again, with nothing but respect to, to Brian, he ended up uh, earning, earning my respect. Obviously, uh, during the five week, things were said, got heated, uh, which built the fight up anyway. So that was all good. And you know, I said things that I, you probably wouldn't usually say, but hey, I loved it, man. Like I, I'm telling you, the whole five week and the crowd and all that gave me a whole another energy. I'd never want to fight without a crowd ever again, mate. Because I absolutely loved it. You know what I mean? Even then, they'll boo me. That mate, I felt. So in the moment, the whole week, um, I just believe everything was just on a whole nother level for me. It's it's hard to explain. I don't know what it is, but mate, it was just an incredible, incredible fight weekend. Uh, mate, I can't wait to get back in there and do do it again. Uh, as you know, in fighting in MMA, uh, corner stopping fights is not really a normal thing. It's more of a thing in boxing. Do you think his corner let him down by not stopping that fight? Because no fighter wants to be when the ref is saying, "Do you want to continue?" No one wants to be heard on camera saying, "I'm out," right? But you could tell when someone wants it and when someone doesn't. And he was spent, and there's no knock on that. He was freaking fighting a beast like you. I felt like someone mm. should have come in there and protected him and said, "All right, we've." He has now taken so much damage in those two title fights, Holloway and you, that there's going to be repercussions at some point in his life because of this. I felt like someone should have protected him and said, "Let's live to fight another day." Do you feel like that should have happened? Oh, man, to be honest, it should have been, uh, you know, you had the doctor and the referee that uh, you already had a whole minute and then they gave him a whole extra minute mm. uh, while he was, again, as I was saying, answering the questions wrong. Mm. They were saying, follow my finger. He would have his finger over here and he's looking the completely opposite way. They're saying, stand here, starts wobbling, walk to me, wobbling. Mm. They asked him like three, four times, how many fingers am I holding up? They, you know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't have been up to the corner. It should have been right there and be like, all right, well, this is gold dragging on. They should have made a 10 second assessment. As soon as he's answering questions wrong, that's it. It's done. They give him a whole minute to, to, to eventually answer the question right and be like, oh, okay, he's all right now. 
Mm. You know what I mean? That's literally what happened. You know what I mean? I don't want to have shots at anyone, but I don't know what, what, what the go was there. You know, even, uh, you know, watching back the fight, I still think there's a, you know, you know, maybe a lot of people are going to change up this. Or I still feel like it was a, a bias, you know, even, even in the commentary. I don't like having shots, but man, there was just uh, things like that with, with the ref, what was doing, you know, I think, uh, hey, I, thought, I felt like uh, everyone could have done a better job anyway. Interesting. Okay. I'll leave it at that. You'll leave it at that? Okay. You feel like people don't want you to win. I know you, I know you want to Come get on, Alex. <laughs> heel Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I like this new heel Alex. Spill the tea on everyone. <laughs> Enough of this crap. I mean, you were talking. Did you know? Did you not know that he was uh, you know, a guy who tested positive for PEDs? Because on Thursday at the press conference, I thought I heard you say, like, I just found out about this. Did you not know about that? I didn't uh, know that. Uh, like, really? Yeah, like, like, that's what I was saying. You know, I did. Yeah, well, uh, when I found out at the like start of the week, because I did find out about it um, before five week, but I found out about it not that long ago. Oh, I mean, it was under 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 the radar. But I mean, again, I didn't want to uh, really bring it up. But then the weight cut and the animosity and things like that, because again, like I was like, all right, you know, it was a, supposedly a while ago. I didn't even know when it was. So again, I don't know. There was barely any information about it, like which you know that's. But I was like, nah, stuff that you know, heat of the moment. Like you know what, I'm I'm major against that sort of stuff. That's why uh, I do point it out. And uh, here at the moment, uh, I bring it up, and then that's why I was lucky. He was like, "Why are you hating him?" He's like, yeah, "That shit like that, that don't, don't stand with me." So that's why uh, I was bringing it up. But again, hey, you know, like I said, he's always looking for easy ways out, and I was using that to get in his head, all this type of stuff. But he showed me there was plenty of times he, he could have uh, he could have just laid there and said he's done, but he got back up and then still fought the fight in the last uh, two rounds. So credit to him. I got to say, I love that, Alex, that we saw last week. You were on fire. Like you, First of all, you came across like a star. You came across like a champ. <laughs> but the trash talk was on point. It was all, you know, you're so different than he is, so you can't use the same stuff with everyone. But even bringing up that in the face-to-face, like you didn't do it on the microphone. You just did it in the face-to-face. If you caught it, you caught it. If you mm-hmm. didn't, it was a personal moment between you guys. I loved everything mm-hmm. about it. I say you keep, I know you were joking in the press conference afterwards, heel, Alex, entertainment, all this stuff. That's not heel. That's just keeping it real, in my opinion. So I hope, like, I hope you do that. Stop censoring yourself. I think people gravitate uh, towards that. Man, I had a, you know, I'm still hungover, so I'm pretty chill right now. Otherwise, <laughs> I'll be just having to go with everyone right now. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> so I've got the hangover. I had, a, I should just have a beer. Yeah. Maybe I had a beer, and I would have just ripped on everyone. But uh, I had a few too many la- uh, last night. But uh, we all good. Got to celebrate. Celebrate yes. a big win. Who do you, who, who are you mad at? DC? You want me to have a word with DC? Was he biased with his commentary? What's oh, the problem? Man, like, look, I'll slap him in his hey, face. Well, look, I just, look, man, again, while they're watching, but, uh, you know, there was just, you, you watch that fight and like, you look at their stats and all that. And, like, obviously the, the, the rounds weren't really close at all. Um, you know what I mean? But there was just no acknowledgement. Like, some of the some of the, the shit I was pulling off in there was a pretty incredible, especially from watching the fight. Um, some nice stuff and there's just yeah, no acknowledgement. He would like throw a punch or miss and they're like, Whoa, what a jab. I was like, Man, can't we please don't like me? Why don't you like me? What's going on here? You know what I mean? But uh but again, doesn't matter. But obviously, you know, just well, why that's happening, obviously we then while they're watching as well. It's sometimes uh, you know a bit difficult to see. So I'll uh, I'll I'll let him slide on that one. Now you, you I'll don't let him slide. You don't strike me as a big shoey guy. Was that one of your first shoeys, Alex, afterwards? Oh, well, I've done plenty of shoeys, don't worry about In your that. rugby days, in your rugby days. But these days, we yeah, don't see you do days. it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, probably for a camera. Yeah, that, that's, that's Bam Bam's thing. But I mean, you know, it's such an Aussie thing. And, uh, 
you know, I haven't been out, you know what I mean? The, you, you got the crowd, the energy, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I want to get all the piss, give me shit, you know what I mean? That's just, again, it's, it, that, that's like, it is pretty normal back home. But, you know what I mean? That is a, a BNBM BM thing. So that's why, I, you know, I don't usually just do it uh, as a celebrity. I was just doing it backstage, but the, some of the cameras obviously caught it. Uh, but yeah, man, good fun with the boys. So yeah, we've done a, done a few of those. And I love that they uh, they celebrated you. They gave you props at the Raiders game. Now you can admit, as a former rugby guy, NFL football way more entertaining than rugby, right? Now you've seen it in person. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, the 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 arenas, all of the stadiums, and the atmosphere was incredible mate like you know i mean like, I, I love obviously sports are big back home but i mean there's just something different about sport here in america uh i mean like the, the the full stadium and the roar and that you know the way they, they they got into it like mate it was incredible absolutely loved it um but yeah mate uh, rugby leagues are definitely my sport but i mean uh nfl nfl that, that atmosphere there man, it was a pretty incredible it's a great great experience i'll be i'll be at uh, plenty more games every time i'm in vegas I'm going to be watching the Raiders. That's my team now. All right. I like it. Now, are you surprised, Alex, that they booked Max versus Yair two months down the line? Like, I thought it was sort of fait accompli that you would fight Max now. Now you're kind of stuck in this weird spot where the next the mm. top contender fight is in two months, and then they have to get better. And, like, it's always better when the top contender fight is sort of at the same time as the championship fight, right? So you can all – it seems like weird timing, no? Yeah, you know, well, that's – man, I want to – I had 14 – fucking months off yeah you know what i mean i want to fight regularly you know and uh, that's so it is it is uh a bit shit but I mean, what do you do that's why i was like hey maybe a lightweight while i'm waiting for that because you know i want to i want to get a few fights man you know what i mean this is you know prime you know in my prime uh i don't, don't want to you know only got to, to fight three times in like the what is it, the last two years or or something like that or is it more i don't even know but you know what i mean that's 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 not much for me and uh you know i want to fight more regularly than that so but uh, what do you do? So, uh, again, hopefully that they're, they're ready. Whoever wins that is ready to have a pretty quick turnaround because I want to fight early next year. You know what I mean? Uh, I was even thinking maybe could I, could I squeeze one in uh, this year? You know what I mean? But uh, that's obviously not going to happen by the looks of it. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep an eye. I'll be definitely tuning in. Like I always say, I've got my on all the contenders. Uh, but, you know, that's the number one contender spot right there. And uh, whoever takes that, uh, that's probably exactly who I'll be facing. Or... What if they're going to do Henry Four? Cejudo? Henry Cejudo, Alex Volkanovski. Maybe Henry that's the Cejudo. One. He's not booked. I mean, he's <laughs> chirping about you again. No, he's always chirping. He's chirping about uh, everyone. But, mate, obviously we'll see. We'll see what they do. But, I mean, uh, uh, that's obviously not going to happen. He's been uh, trying to get Why do you think it's not going to happen? Think, uh, I, feel I don't like even think Dana White... I don't even think Dana White answers his calls. Or anything. <laughs> that's why he's got to go and uh, just keep calling people out. I don't know, because he's... He's been calling out everything, but obviously nothing's uh, nothing's ever on paper or anything because uh, I don't think they're taking them serious. Would you be interested in that? Would I be interested in it? Well, purely because I want to fight regularly and I don't want to wait so long. If there was ever a chance, it probably would be uh, would be soon. But yeah, is it be is we'll your see. hesitation because you feel like he hasn't earned it because he hasn't fought at one forty five? Yeah, exactly. Of course, he doesn't deserve it. Like you know, I could respect him. He's done great things in his divisions, but. This is featherweight. Whole different, uh, whole different sort of, uh, you know, killer fish to to what he's doing, you know, especially him being uh, flyweight. And again, man, we've got a bunch of killers, and then why should he just step in front of all of them? You know, that wouldn't be fair. But uh, yeah, and you know me, I'm all about, hey, that's how it's done. You know what right. I mean? You've got to earn your earn your way to the to to the top. Just like you know, and that's why I got to give credit to to Max. Like you said, you thought that the fight was going to be with Max, right? The next one, you know what I mean? And you know. I was thinking when the when the 
I seen that that fight wasn't announced because that's why I, was, I bring it up. I was like, aren't they meant to be fighting? And then everyone was like, oh, not, not that a novel. Oh, maybe it's not then. Yeah. Maybe it's just Max. So I reckon he could have got that got that fight. But, uh, you know, I think he's just like, no, oh, I'll fight, yeah. And uh, definitely earn that uh, number one contender spot. So, mate, like, like I said, you've got you to respect the guy for doing things like that because that's what I'm all about. So, uh, good on him. And by the way, you know you made it when on fight night, just seconds after your big win, you're getting tweeted about by Conor McGregor in, in a sort of, uh, you know, trash-talky, disrespectful way. That, to me, is a sign <laughs> that you made it when you're, being, uh, when you're being targeted by him literally seconds after your win, right? I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I don't know. I'm trying to remember what his tweet was, but uh, I, he was, I believe uh, he, I he, he deleted. Did he leave it? Tweet I don't delete? know if he deleted. He 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 called you a not so nice name and you know compared you to something. Well, he called me a little fart, little <laughs> fart or something like that. He said it was more of a shark. <laughs> if I'm being honest, if I want to get it accurate. A shark, was yeah. it? <laughs> okay. Yeah, but hey, mate, that's kind of kind of. But again, like you said, hey, at least, hey, at least he was tuning in. Everyone was watching, so uh, everyone enjoyed the fight. And again, he's just gonna say whatever he wants, obviously getting the headlines. Whenever someone uh, has a bit of shine on them, he usually tries to steal it by saying something. So I guess uh, I guess that's a good thing. Uh, two last things for you, and then I'll let you go back to watching the fight. The headbutt, how much did that mess you up? Um, oh, that didn't, didn't mess me up too much. So I like You're, just, uh, you're just unflappable. You, you, you are impervious to pain. <laughs> hey, well, I've got a job to do, you know what I mean? So... I'll worry about the pain uh, after the fight. But now it was a, again, like a, even that, like, a, you know, obviously it was a head clash, but mate, some of the punches that I was landing before that, I had him rocked before that, then we've done the head clash, and then you hear in the commentary, oh, well, oh, man, this is un- unfortunate, as if he's losing because of a fucking headbutt uh. when I was clearly telling him up before that. So there was like bits like that where I was just like, come on, guys, what are you trying to do? Uh, but, but again, you know, I don't want to sound like a little sook. Uh, no, but listen. hey, uh, at least we put on a, a good show for, for everyone. I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. And, and fucking still. I, t- I said I was taking that belt back home to Australia, and that's exactly what we did. When you call the family after the fight, like, did your did your girls watch? Were they watching live, or do you not let them? No, nah, the girls, uh, the girls uh, weren't watching that. They're a bit young for that one. Okay. I'm assuming <laughs> your wife watched, right? Yeah, she watched. What was her reaction when you called? Because, I mean, you were that close to, to it all coming to an end. What's that call like when you call like, her in the locker room, I presume? Yeah, you know, so she, she wasn't too bad, but like she always, even before before we left, she goes, Stop this five round bullshit. I was saying, like, wow. <laughs> Stop the, I don't want to be on the edge of my seat, you know, for the five rounds, you know what I mean? So uh, she wanted to do, you know, you know, nice, nice and quick so we don't have to stress through the 25 minutes. Uh, and I was like, That's why after the after the fight, I'm like, Tell her, my missus is going to fucking kill me. Because, uh, yeah, but yeah, she was actually, yeah, she loved it. She enjoyed the fight. So, uh, yeah, she was all good. So, uh, again, man, they're, they're in lockdown. She's, you know, like obviously got the kids, like doing the, like a homeschooling type stuff and all that, you know. So she's just probably happy to, to, to at least yeah. do something. I'm fighting, you know what I mean? So something different for us. So she enjoyed the whole thing. So, yeah, so I, I actually heard from a lot of fans afterwards who wrote me and, and I saw on Twitter and all this stuff and, uh, you gave them a lot of, I mean, it's a tough time in Australia and there's not a lot to cheer mm. about these days. Um, and that's the beauty of sport, right? To, to be an escape for people. And on a Sunday afternoon, cause that's when it ends in Australia, you represented mm-hmm. that. Like the, it felt like from what the people were telling me, like people were out and, 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 and trying to watch and, and trying to just forget about things. And, you know, you represented, uh, some good news, some, some positive news for them. 
And I'm sure you know that. I'm sure you've gone flooded with yeah. uh, with texts and messages and comments about what you represented to those people. Like you did a great you did a great service for your country. I don't know if you you know view it that way, but to me, you represent the beauty of sport, especially in these dark days. Uh, to give people something to be proud about is a really beautiful thing. So well done. Well, that's yeah, one hundred percent. That's what it, what it was all about. That's why uh, the defending the belt was so much bigger than just me defending the belt. Uh, it was I said this one's Australia. This is for you. Uh, I really meant that. You know, when I said I even during the firework, I go, I want to. You know, people are stuck home. I want to put a smile on their face. You know what I mean? Uh, because it is. It's it's tough uh, back home. You know what I mean? It's it's lockdowns been going on like it seems forever. Uh, so yeah. So I just wanted to, you know. Do, do, do for them. You know what I mean? Now I'm over here, you know, I'm, I'm blessed and lucky enough to be able to do what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So uh, that's why yeah, I had to go, I had to, to drink as well. You know, I can't, I can't not be yeah. in Vegas and not drink because everyone back home in Australia would be like, oh, well, you're in Vegas and you're not drinking. You, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll be, they wouldn't be happy. They'll be like, oh, hey, you, you take advantage of that because we can't do it back home. If, you know? So they'll, they'll be offended if I didn't uh, have some fun over and so last thing, how close are you to moving the family to the States? This has been a big story with Izzy and talking about city kickboxing. I know it's a little different in New Zealand, but not too different. Um, is this a real thing that you are going to consider doing for next year? It is. It is a real thing uh, because, uh, you know, again, it's just traveling is, is so much harder. Like, this is why even before, you know, the COVID I was going to fight uh, Ortega, like, look how long it was in between fights mm. anyway. It was purely because of like you know it's these lockdowns and all that like it's it's a whole process it's not easy um it's tough you know and that's why like it's hard to even get out of the country and get back in and you know then you've got to do two-week quarantines you know all that type of stuff so it is difficult so it's definitely uh, something that we're, we're looking into and mate we're not well i'm in, in my prime you know what i mean and i need to fight as much as i can you know what i mean and we're, we're losing so much of our, our prime to, to, you know, everything that's going on. But hopefully that's going to change soon. But we're thinking of just, you know, riding out this whole chaos till things are back to normal. Any state in particular? Oh, I don't know, but yeah, I think you know, I'm a Raiders fan now. Vegas is like my second home now. <laughs> I, so love maybe, <laughs> I love it. Maybe, maybe Vegas. I love it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, good luck. And you have to do a quarantine when you come back? Yeah. Two weeks? So I'm going to, I leave, I leave uh, Wednesday. And yeah, two week quarantine. So we're still going to do the two week quarantine. So every time it's just, yeah, it's you know what I mean? Whole... Even, you know what I mean? If I just go just for one week, it's, it's never, it's never just a week. You know, if I just had to come here to watch a fight or, you know, do, right. do two fight, you know, you know, it's going to be at least close to a month. Uh, and, and man, we already had a, a flight cancel on us because uh, I was meant to leave yesterday uh, originally. But then they're cancelled and then uh, now Wednesday. So we don't even know, you know, that could be cancelled too. We don't know. So like there's just a lot of flights back home are getting cancelled because they're, they're not letting too many people in. So it's, uh, again, it's a challenging time. That's for sure. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Uh, congratulations, Alex. Really unbelievable. I'm in awe. Round of the year, fight of the year, if you ask me. I have a feeling we'll be talking about this one in December when we're wrapping up the whole year. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. I'm glad to see no serious injuries, right? You're all good other than, you know, the... Couple of stitches. Yeah. Stitches here, stitches here, stitches on the head, but all good. It's cool. You look like a football player with the lines under your uh, your eyes. So uh, enjoy yeah. it, my friend. Right. And thank you so much for doing this on a Monday. While maybe or maybe not hungover, I appreciate the time very much.
<laughs> no worries at all. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon, Alex. There he is, the champ, the reigning defending UFC featherweight champion, Alex Volkanovsky. What a fight. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. Go watch it. Incredible. What a fight. This whole situation with uh, the fighters in New Zealand, the fighters in Australia, this whole situation is uh, going to be one to watch over the next few weeks, few months, because, I mean, how do these guys... Could you imagine going through a fight like that? I'm sure, you know, he wants to have fun. He's letting his hair down a little bit, you know, pardon the pun, but, you know, he wants to just let loose. Training camp is so difficult, so stressful, so strict. Could you imagine? Now he's going to go home and he's got to do a two-week quarantine. And I had to do a two-week quarantine when I went to Canada this past summer with my kids. Um, And, you know, we could walk around. It wasn't like we had to go to a government hotel. So it wasn't that tough. Um, And in fact, the kids had it more stricter than we did because I was allowed to go out without them. But where am I going to go without them? Anyway, they have to go to a hotel or some sort of Airbnb-like situation apartment and they can't see their family. They can't see their kids. Like, he left a week ago. He's not going to see his kids for a month. He's not going to see his wife for a month, the poor guy. Horrible. Just want all this to end, and we could go back and hopefully appreciate life like it once was, and uh, all be happy and healthy and living in harmony. That's one thing that we learned from all of this. Life was pretty good before, and maybe we should appreciate it a hell of a lot more than we did. So I hope it all works out. Hopefully they don't have to move and uh, things get better relatively soon and uh, they'll they'll look back and say, we were that close to moving just like he was that close to tapping out. But in the end, he didn't have to tap out. And in the end, hopefully he doesn't have to move because you know we talk about it like this, but that's a big deal. You got kids, you got to move to another country across the world. It's not that easy, especially when you're talking about a whole team, a whole gym. It is not that easy, my friends. All right, so that does it for today's show. Uh, great interviews. Sorry we couldn't come through with Caesar. Perhaps we'll consider having him back. That story in its own right, a developing one. And again, I'll just say, like, I feel like there are questions that need to be answered. There are questions that need to be asked and answered as well. Uh, it's not so much if it was just, hey, older, out of shape Nick Diaz comes and, you know, gives it his all and had a good first round and loses in the third after maybe breaking his nose. Great. But that's not what happened on Saturday. What happened on Saturday was Nick Diaz doing all of that, but also saying, I don't know why I'm here. And I don't really know how this fight got made. And I don't really want to do this fight. And I don't really know, like, you know, who's like, what? All these weird things were being said. Uh, And I feel like there are things that need to be answered. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, We'll be back on Wednesday. Valentina Shevchenko, among other, will join us then. But for now, we are out of time. Mysterious Frank, you can hit my music. There it is. My son actually is uh, playing in his first flag football game this evening. Uh, He's playing for the Eagles. I pushed for the Bills, but it didn't work out. Um, And I'm very excited about that. So that's where I'm off to after the, uh, the long commute home. And so that will be fun as well. Big weekend of MMA coming up as we put uh, 266 to bed. UFC back, Johnny Walker and Tiago Santos is the main event for that fight. Also, the return of Kevin Holland. I look forward to seeing how he does very much. There's uh, a bunch of Cage Warriors cards as well. 
And there is also the return of Bellator in London. Good to see them back in London. Great main event, Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page. Michael Page, I could tell you, will be joining us on Wednesday as well. MVP joining us on the program. So looking forward to that. But in addition to all of that, there's CFFC. There's Contender Series tomorrow. Three Cage Warriors events. So there's a lot of MMA. The train never stops. The fun never stops. On Wednesday, we'll give you more picks. I say we. It's more GC than me. But, you know, he says we. I say we. In any event, thank you very much to all our guests. Thank you very much to Marab Dewali Shvili. Congrats to him. Thank you very much to Dan Hooker. Thank you very much to Anderson Silva. Thank you very much to Alex Volkanovsky. No thanks to Caesar Gracie. And, of course, thanks to all of you as well. Back on Wednesday. Same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.